welcome to a gigantic podcast mashup episode right here with people from. Well, I might as well just go down the line. Starting to the left of me, we have Ray Booten from Mostly Ghostly. We have Bill Coyne. Billy fucking Coyne. Billy Coyne <laughs> from the unreleased Billy Coyne show. <laughs> we have Melissa Pata. From Shock Treatment with Mel and Matty. And then we have Alexander Hawk with the Boombastic cast. The Boombastic cast! Billy Coyne is notable for getting the Shock Treatment people together, though, so. <laughs> right, seriously. Cheer up, Billy. Oh, I'm, I'm in a cheery mood, damn it. I know. So. Let's get I, happy, guys. How's everybody? Yeah, let's get happy as we talk about cursed films. Exactly. Our theme fits every show tonight. Okay? All right. All right. We sit here after a nice shoot, finishing up our latest short. Alex Hawk looks like he's dying of a skin disease. Well, I am dying of a skin disease. I wouldn't say that when we're about to talk about cursed <laughs> movies, Hawk. I but wouldn't put that out there. it was me that made him look as bad as he possibly could. Yes, true. yes, That's yes. True. I can give all the credit to Billy Coyne on my current... Look. Yes, and Alex was very irked at me, I know, because blood was just getting in his eyes, and I guess that's the curse of what we dealt with today. Yes, yes. The curse of blood. All right. Okay. Us women deal with that monthly. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Okay. Mic drop, Melissa. (laughs) Now we're having coffee talk with Melissa. We're talking about that one time of the month that truth. Well, it just, the rivers run red with blood. Literally. It's like, like butter. It's like butter. butter. See what I started? <laughs> it's true. All right, well, we've got a top ten list of some of the most cursed films. And uh, after that, we have a couple of other, you know, cursey, haunted, hearsay haunted things to uh, talk about. From the man who's never been haunted, Alex Hawk. <laughs> so, what can I say? The ghosts are too scared of me. They know that I'd haunt them back. There you go. Well, our first film on the docket is Poltergeist. Ooh. The Steven Spielberg produced, Toby Hooper directed. Supposedly. Supposedly, which is very speculated. Uh, I feel he did. I feel he did. What do you I think, mean, I, I would not be surprised if there were some shots that actually were directed by Spielberg. But it's, but it's weird because, you know, I remember talking to people like Caroline Williams, you know, and they're like, you know, Toby directed the movie. And that's understandable. But you have someone like Spielberg who also has the chops mm. where if for any reason, if Toby couldn't make it, then you already have someone who could actually film certain scenes. So. Well, I, I heard Spielberg was very overpowering on the set. Yeah, I mean, but there's just a lot of weird kind of, not even animosity, but just, you know, almost like a weird, like, power trip, you know? Yeah. Where well, it's like, you know, oh, yes, you know, like, but as far as I'm concerned, Toby Hooper, Toby Hooper, Hooper directed it, and Spielberg yeah. produced it. I think it was probably something where, like, Toby talked to the actors and Spielberg set up the shots or something like that. Yeah, well. That's can, my guess. Either way, the communication is vital because they're just wanting, you know, create a product. You know, good, bad, or indifferent. How do you feel about Spielberg's daughter doing pornography now? I could 
give a rat's ass about you know his daughter going porn. Well, I mean, should we give a rat's ass? I feel bad for her father though, yeah. considering well, that the the parental stigma. But is that uh, accepted in 2020? Well, I think. You know what? It's it's not. Well, actually, I want to hear from Melissa what her thoughts. Wait, are. Women's rights. <laughs> you know, it's one of those. I things. mean, I mean, the whatever floats being, her boat. Yeah, yeah. Teach their girl own. power, right? Yeah. I mean, it's if a, she wants it's to a, do it. Powering. Some people don't. Some people look at porn not as degrading, but it, it, art, as art, art and, and, and it's empowering. And you know, I mean, whatever. It's like horror movies. You know, sure. I mean, women might get killed, but you know, in porn, you know, either way. I mean. You know, female empowerment is just important no matter what, you know, no matter, no matter how you cut it. But for Spielberg's daughter, you know, to go on this route, um, you know, I think there might be some sense of embarrassment just because of uh, who her father is. Who her father is. Um, but, I mean, I, I, you know, anyone can interject, you know. Really. I wonder what the details really are behind the scenes. So maybe she's like a spoiled kid that said, I need more money. And if she doesn't get the money, she's going to go to pornography. You never know. Because that's where the money's at. Yeah, well, she's you, just to tick off daddy. Yeah. You know, I, daddy wouldn't buy me a new car, so I'm going to go do porn and buy my own. Because she's just like, I don't know, she's selling nudes or something. I don't know if it's even official porn. I think yeah, it, I know. mean, every, every everyone's like now selling nudes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but it is kind of hard to break out of that yeah. Spielberg shadow. Yeah. My, like my nudes are coming and... soon for twenty twenty. Hey, Joey Nutter and Sour French had nude pictures at Rock and Shop. Well, he, that's yeah. a different. But Joe, Joe, but Joe Nutter <laughs> had probably one of the most. <laughs> what I'm most... saying, if they can sell nudes, whatever. Yeah, but no, he I probably had one of the most appropriate dick pics I have ever seen that you could actually <laughs> sell. And the funny thing is, people think dick pic. Gross. Get some nice ephemera. Get some lighting going on. You know, make Billy it nice sounds like he's done this before. See, see, see. Oh, only Billy could could look at you know figuring the right lighting and position of making the perfect dick pic. Yeah. Well, so honest, ladies, you if scale. you're listening now, if you're listening now, if you get a dick pic from Mr. Billy Coin, it's gonna be you, perfect. It'll be the best friggin' dick pic you will ever see. And if it's the worst one, then it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> it was me then. Yeah, it was hot. And, and getting back to haunting, that image might haunt you. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, being the only one here who's a father, what's your, what's your take on that whole thing? Uh, I think there may be issues there she has with her father, and that's her, yeah. way, of, that's her way of striking back. I think that's so. Her way of going back yeah. at him. I think that might be it. Yeah. Some, and deep, some deep, some deep issues. issues. Yeah. 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 Rebellion. Um, Not enough attention growing up. Could be any number of things, but yeah, she's uh, basically sticking it to her dad by doing that. Yeah. By letting no people stick it to her. Ooh, <laughs> shit. Uh, I know Steven Spielberg's listening, so sorry, Steven Spielberg. Sorry, Steven. We still love you. Okay. Except, 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 except back. for 1941. <laughs> you can get a good laugh out of that every now and then. The funny ones are the ones that you don't hear about. If you go through, like, like always... Spielberg vehicle. Yeah. You can go through people's cat, like even Spielberg, who's gigantically huge. You can still find movies in there that you've never heard of. Like I, I was going on Amazon Prime the other day, and there was like a Wes Craven movie I never heard of that was on there. Which one? Do you remember? No, it was like uh, maybe not too long after. Like it was before Nightmare on Elm Street, I think. Yeah. It was like that in the in the mix, like that. 
I got some weird. It's not Deadly Friend because I know about yeah, that one. It I was love another, that one. I, it was another right. one. Because I, I have an old VHS. I haven't watched the movie because my VCR is shit the bed. But it's like a Wes Craven presents, and I want to say it's like called like Chiller. As crazy as that sounds, yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah. But the thing is, I've never seen it. But it's yeah. funny because some of these producers. I mean, I know we're deviating, you know, and not talking. It's curse, okay. We got know. an hour to go. But either way, <laughs> you know, it's just interesting how some people will just make a movie and they will actually buy just basically the name. You know, of the producer, sorry. And they can attach them as, like, so-and-so presents, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like Tarantino when I, did that, you know. It's the Rolling Thunder. Yeah, well, yeah. buying, you know. Oh, like, he, like he would buy some movies, and he would be like, you know, like the... Uh, Switch, Switch, like Switchblade Tarantino Sisters. presents, like, the Mighty Peaking Man, you and know. And the Switchblade Sisters he put out. Um, that's good, though, because, like, when I, when I was, like, getting... When I was buying films, whenever I'd stumble into a director, I'd always go buy their whole catalog and, like, study them as per director. So, like, I can understand them wanting to put that name there, you know. But, so back to Poltergeist. You know, some of the current, was it four people? Four people died within six years of making it. Yeah. And they said that one of the, the issues why they think it was cursed is because they used the uh, real human remains, remains in it. Yeah. Um... But that's not the first time they've done that before, because they did that a few years prior with Dan O'Bannon on Return of the Living Dead. Look what happened to him. I know. Um, you know? Yeah, uh, but when they did Poltergeist, was it also on like Indian burial ground? I mean, well, I know well, like, no, but the, no, but the bodies that they uh, that they got the the skeletons, yeah. I believe, were from Cambodia, and they basically had. <laughs> But they had farms. Yeah. And what, according to the commentary, I heard, you can see it from Bill Stout, who was the production designer. It's like they, you can basically buy bodies where if it said F, FT or PT for full teeth or partial teeth. So mm. that's one of the ways they were, <coughs> pardon me, for the skeletons, you know, what they wanted. I mean, sure, they were human, yeah. but, you know, if they had perfect teeth. Then the, those might cost a little more. Yeah, but it was after they uh, hinted at this in the movie itself, Return of the Living Dead, mm. that they kind of started. I don't know if it was Cambodia or not, but either way, wherever it was, they basically closed the doors, saying no more imports, no more exports, mm. you know, coming out of our country because they were like Dan O'Bannon. You know, it's like we can't do it anymore because he kind of you know scared them. Where they won't do that, but during that time, you know. The production, because um, I'm trying to remember who was it, Warner Brothers that made Poltergeist? Or, yes. Yeah. yeah. Or even, it could, might not even be Warner Brothers, but whoever be the, the, the... I'm pretty sure it was, though. Yeah, the VFX teams, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just cheaper from a makeup effects perspective to actually buy, you know, skeletons than actually do the molding and castings and pouring, right. you know. So, you know, there there is that way, but... Do you know who Dan O'Bannon did his thesis film with? What other notable film? John Carpenter. Woo! And that was Dark Star, I you got believe. It. You got it. That was when they were students at USC. Yeah. Yeah. So going back into the poltergeist curse, yeah, with the the human remains. Was that the pool scene? Yes. Is, it was from yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. I mean those they look and they even really realistic. Look, yeah. they do. And plus I there was even in the second one when Will Sampson, who was the Shaman, you yeah. Know, the, he came in. There was one scene, and the second one where he said, "You know, like bad juju," and so he basically had to come in and perform something like an exorcism 
on one of the sets because I believe they recycled some of the bodies from the first one. I thought he was talking about the producers on the film. <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, you know, producers can be terrifying. Well, 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 I mean, when you lose a skeleton, you need to replace it. So if you have a lot extra producers hanging around, you know, they, they fit the mold. Yeah. You also have, and it's a lot in a lot of different cultures, it's very common, different parts of the world, particularly in, in what we, we would consider the Far East, that the bones retain some of the spirit and you are never supposed to take the bones. Because yeah. mm. when you take the bones, you can bring, it can bring the spirit of that person back. It's basically disrupt, yeah. d- disrupting the it's, soul. It's disrupting a... Disrupting. Their peace or their rest. If you take a, a variation on that, if you, there are certain cultures where you take a medicine man uh, and many different Aboriginal cults, cultures, they will have the bones of certain animals or they will have where the skin of certain animals mm-hmm. to assume the power and the spirit of that animal. And you're taking the bones of the person. Mm-hmm. You're, you're disrupting the sleep. Yeah. And you're bringing, you can bring them back from the other side. And they ain't happy. Right. <laughs> they have to rest. And you're, dis- you're disrupting that rest. And that's the potential there when you're taking those bones and you're moving them, you're moving them around, using them in a movie. Well, I'm an asshole when I wake up from a nap. So. I just didn't <laughs> yeah. but, but let alone, it's, if I'm, you know, dead and oh, someone's disrupting my bones, you know, of course you're going to be, you know. Etern- eternal rest, you're on the other side, yeah. and someone yanks you back. Yes, I mean, it's just so unfair, if you're, mm-hmm. you know, think about it's it. Not, you know, I mean, on a, on a personal note, when I was 17 years old, I went through a situation where um, I actually died and had to be revived. It was so peaceful. It was, I cannot describe what it was like on the other side, but... I was pissed when I came back. They woke me up. I was pissed. How long were you supposed? Uh, you were beyond unconscious. You were actually had yeah. had died, and since you were revived, how what, what was the period of time where oh, I don't you know before I you don't were, remember the time frame that it was. Well, you're I, lucky that they were even able to. I, I would, yes, I remember the sequence because they had gone into shock and stopped breathing. I can remember losing my body, getting cold. I can remember losing sensation. Now, even if you're not thinking about it, some part of your mind knows you have a little toe. Mm. I couldn't tell whether I had a body or not. Hmm. I remember losing sight. And I remember going to somewhere else. And it wasn't the tunnel. It was a whole different experience. And I was there. I had stopped breathing. My heart had stopped everything. They got me going again. When I came back, I was pissed. I liked it over there. (laughs) That was great. And then you brought me back? Oh, no. Yeah, well, but it just, it's it's funny because, you know, it's like you think you're going somewhere. Thankfully, we have medicine, you know, being able to revive, you know, whether it's a shot straight into the heart or some sort of electrical impulse, but when you come back and you experience something like that, they say that, you know, your perception is definitely changed when it comes to life, you know. When it comes to life, it's different. Also, I think that had an impact later on in different areas, which I chose to investigate, and I also found out I had the ability of uh, mediumship. I could speak with the dead. Yeah, because I, I, I think I heard something where people that have come back, because they were, they were on the other side, there is some susceptible nature of coming back with a knowledge that you might not have had in the first place. It, a knowledge also, there's, I work very hard on building up barriers, because if I leave myself open, I see the dead, I yeah. see the other. 
So I have barriers there so that it doesn't bother me. It doesn't intrude on this life now. Um, I was talking to somebody recently. It was uh, last weekend. Some, uh, I met somebody. A friend brought the... Uh, they came to visit, and this person came with a friend. We're sitting there. We're talking. A variety of things are going on and stuff. And then suddenly it's kind of... And we were talking a little bit, and suddenly it was kind of like... Um, you have a... And I went to describe a person... Oh, yeah, they did this and that, and the whole sort of thing like that, because this individual was going through problems, and they, they were going through hauntings, actually, in their home. And I said, this, don't worry, this person has your back. And that person says, I have felt somebody stand behind my back, and I could feel it on my neck. And they named who the person was that I described. And I said, okay, don't worry, they got you. But that person was in spirit. They showed up to let, reassure that person, don't worry, I'm still with you. I'm still here. We'll work it out. So it's okay. And, but that was spontaneous. Yeah. Because they just showed up. I was open at that moment, and they showed up and just... Because sometimes you might ask for something if you, if you want, like, a response, or sometimes you, there might be a response without even something, you know, being asked, where to be acknowledged, I guess, you know, by, mm -hmm. you know, something else, possibly. That the, the one thing about the mediumship is that you cannot control it. You can shut it off, but once you open up, you cannot control it. I used to do it professionally. I would go into a place, and people people would go there. Let's say, "Oh, I want to talk. I want a message from my father." That might not be who shows up. Yeah, who shows up is a person that needs to for you at that time. They will give you the message that you need to hear. Maybe not always the one you want, but the one you need to hear at that time. Take it. Go with it. And accept it because you really can't, really can't control it. But uh, yeah, it changed me in a, in a lot of ways. Dying changed me. Yeah, I heard recently that you don't want to walk into the light. Have you ever heard about that? You don't want to walk into yeah. The you light? don't want to walk towards the light. It's like trickery. Uh, if you're talking about tr trickery, then you're talking about a whole lot of stuff that's out there that's going to try and trick you, anyways. Yeah, uh, it was like an argument between like if you walk into the like the whole. You know, re rebirth thing where like if you go into the light, then you kind of you're set back, sent back to like you know how people think if you you know you come back reincarnated and you keep going and be reincarnated to learn the life lessons to get to the next plateau. The argu argument was that if you don't go into the light, you kind of you excel. If you hold off, like you excel to the next plane. It's going to depend on the culture. If you go into India. And they, were, they have the Bartok Toto, mm. which is actually a 45-day procedure. They keep the body there for 45 days. Yeah. And a monk comes in and prays and over the body. Now, what happens, the first thing that happens, according to them, when you die, is you meet your true self. If you don't embrace that true self, then you are shown your life. If you attach, if you... You want your home back. You want this back. If the attachments are very strong, then what they do is they show though they show you also the dark side, which would be which is portrayed as demons in their drawings. And you have the choice to embrace your true self, which they believe is enlightenment and the light above. Yeah. Or you embrace the world, in which case you're reincarnated. Because you have to come back and learn that detachment to be able to move on. 
to the next level, to be able to ascend above, be, uh, achieve enlightenment, whatever it may be, whatever word you want to use, on the other side so you don't come back. You lose all your attachments to, to the planet hmm. and to your life. Yeah, plus you actually just said something that just was something I was screwing up. It wasn't Cambodia. It was India. That's where actually oh, the bodies came from. trouble. Now, they have a very strict procedure. But this was 25, 30 years ago when they, oh, were, sure. when they were allowing changed, import though. and exports. No, but they closed down on that. Oh, but, yeah, but that's yeah. where the bodies were actually coming from. It, it, wasn't, it, was, it wasn't Cambodia. It was, it was India. Because when you said that, that reminded me. That was actually where it was. Because the, the Bhattak Toto is Buddhist in India and the Hindu. They have spe specially designated people who handle the body. No one else can touch it. They have the, the prayer ceremonies, then the body's taken down to the Ganji, it is burned, and the burned ashes the flow, flow into the uh, sacred river. <laughs> gotcha, I heard that. <laughs> uh, uh, put into the, into the sacred river. If you touch, you're not even supposed to touch those. Mm -hmm. Special people with prayers who their whole life is helping these people that are dead and taking care of the bodies for them. If someone was taking those things, taking those bodies of bones and putting them on the market, oh, that's a not good at all. No, but it sounds like that's what what they were doing, you know. Yeah. But but after they closed that down, I mean, but it's funny because it's funny to, to have a movie like Return of the Living Dead actually make a joke about that yeah. in the movie, and then import exports, no more from India, no more bodies coming in around. Yeah, it's quite a curse, though. You know, the Heather O'Rourke, what, what, what was the actual sickness she had? I remember I seen well, pictures she, of her. She, I, I know we figured out that she was septic towards okay. the end. So it was a form of sepsis, mm. you know, that she died from, where Dominique Dunn, I think, was murdered by her, her boyfriend. Her boyfriend who in, was, in a driveway, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. something like that. And um, But I'm trying to think, like, with Zelda Rubenstein, her mother died during... One pivotal scene. I'm not sure what it was, but it was one of the pivotal scenes that Zelda was basically reiterating. I think it was about crossing over. Oh, okay. And 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 because I, I do remember, I do remember that about the documentary is they're saying like you know her mother died like when she was saying one of the pivotal scenes. So I don't remember much about the the curse overall, but there are little bits I remember. I remember, I remember the Heather, the little girl dying. Yeah, and I remember because I remember there was pictures of her like in the hospital and her face was like it was all so blown sad. up. I mean, just very sad. And yeah. the girl, the the sister that passed was real sad too. I believe she got shot. Yeah, by well, she was. Well, she was a, murdered by in a, her her driveway. Something. If I remember correctly, yeah, he like wanted to talk to her outside, lured her outside, and then like shot her. People are fucked up. Well, yeah, obviously. Um, and then Craig T. Nelson did Coach. <laughs> I love Coach. Coach is a good show. Yeah. Van, Van Dyke. I'm all about the Van Dyke family. But actually, do you know the connection between Polter... Uh, there's two connections. Yeah. A few connections between Poltergeist and Return of the Living Dead. Jimmy Karen, baby. Oh, yeah, you got it. You move the bodies! Rest in peace. He died last year. Yeah, he died recently, yeah. Uh, the next film... Or we're going to have to make it a three-part episode. The next <laughs> film uh, is The Superman Curse. Mm. I really don't know much. Um, George Reeves, of course. Well, yeah. yeah. You know. Remember they made Hollywoodland? Yeah. Oh, that, that, that was actually 
I really like that movie. For some reason, when it came out, a lot of people gave it a lot of crap. I think because Affleck was in it. Well, I mean, it's funny. They honestly, fucking hate Affleck. Actually, I like him, but they hate him. He's well, hated. Yeah. I, I have to say, I mean, while I'm not a fan of Affleck, I did like him. I thought he probably was the best one to play George Reeves. Mm. I thought he did a great job in that. Now, did he, that was in a, a tent, like, did, was it a suicide, or was he just messing with a gun and it went off? Well, that's the thing. I mean, Hollywood land, you know, it's like a lot of uh, unsolved uh, murder stories that people then make movies about, mm. where they... They they dance around it, but they really don't like definitely say okay. This definitely is what happened. Uh, it they believed it was a suicide. They built it as a suicide, but um, a private investigator started digging, and there was so many different you know um, inconsistencies. So uh, where you know George Reeves had a relationship with. A guy, uh, a guy's wife, who uh, and the guy himself was like mobbed up, or was, you know, like a high up producer with a lot of uh, connections with the underworld, and so I know a few of those. Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, Affleck too. So uh, <laughs> they, uh, so it was one of those things. It never, it didn't really answer that. I mean, uh, Ben Affleck, I thought, did a great job as in the role. Um, I mean, the story itself, I mean, if you sit down and, and look at all the different people who have played Superman, most of them all have had bad luck of some kind. You got George Reeves, you got Christopher Reeve with, you know, falling off uh, the, the horse, horse and being paralyzed. That's right. Dean Kane is the man. Margot, Margot Kidder, Kidder had Margot mental Kidder. illness. Yeah. They said Richard Pryor, after his appearance, died of multiple sclerosis not long after. Well, yeah. Canon Films was really... <laughs> big reason why, he, yeah. you know, uh, part four was such a failure because I mean that movie was supposed but, to get almost like eighteen to twenty million dollars. Yeah, they cut the budget so much. Yeah, that. because they were doing another movie at the time. I forget what. Probably Masters of the Universe. Because yes, I, yes, they were yes. Trying to, the thing was that, and it was funny because you bring up Canon Films because I recently rewatched the documentary Electric uh, Boogaloo. We must beat Beat Street. <laughs> It's the famous quote. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, one of the things I really loved about that was the fact uh, that, you know, if they kept with the uh, same uh, way of doing business as they had and kept it on that, you know, small budget, when, when they decide to, you know, try to go for the blockbusters with Superman and Masters... But they of, couldn't because they were spreading themselves so yeah, thin, but, so but Yeah, but, I mean, if they... If yeah, I mean that's that was pretty much the straw that broke the camel's back yeah. in that. I mean, honestly, if you want to do, you t can easily tie the whole canon films uh, collapse also to the Superman curse because that was one of the main reasons why they really started going because of the splitting of the money between that and Masters of the Universe. That's when they really started pushing themselves to a point where they were. You know, almost done for shortly after but that. But I think Cannon was starting to come to their demise when they basically, like, in 86, 87, because that's when they pulled that million out of Chainsaw 2 that, you know, basically... To go back to Toby. Yeah, which, yeah. you know, goes back to Toby, even though, but it's like, you know, when you have a, when you have a company like Cannon that, yeah. you know, is, you know, I don't like saying this, it's not dissimilar from, you know, say, like, you know, Full Moon or even, you know, yeah. Trauma. It's like they're these low-budget films, and, you know, but they kind of, you know, spread out in certain areas where they might spread themselves too thin. 
where they're not, you know. But Golan and Globus, you know, no matter yeah. what, were have just always had the reputation of just being those true, you know, wheelers and dealers, you know. Just yeah. all the nicknames that they had that, yeah. you know. But either way, go back to what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, like I, I was saying that, uh, I mean, like like I, I said with uh, the whole going along uh, with the whole Superman curse, you, you got that, and then if uh, you want to go even farther with like uh, Dean Kane, and then um, oh, who was the one? Terry Hatcher? No, 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 no. The um, no, Cavill. No, no, no. Before that, he kind of Brandon Ruth. That, Brandon yeah. Ruth. Because I mean, if you want to also look at it, I mean, it wasn't any death or dis- uh, dismemberment, but you then had. Uh, Dean Cain really never got anything bigger after that. No, but he. Belly. But that was yeah. a rough time for yeah. Superman because yeah. he was really holding the torch when a lot of people just did, really weren't putting their faith in yeah. Superman at that point. And then, and then, I mean, with with Brendan Ruth when they tried to do that. Um, uh, interest, Which one was he? Uh, he was the one uh, Superman Returns oh, with okay, uh, okay. Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. Um. And the, and the thing is, I mean, not only was the the movie, uh, you know, just banned, uh, uh, panned by everyone, but I mean, he then kind of fell off. I mean, he found a kind of niche doing. Um, he actually got into like uh, Legends of Tomorrow as the Adam and uh, and all of that. But one thing I found interesting was the fact that they did a whole major crossover with all the different. Uh, DC TV series called yeah. uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and they had that. Uh, Burt Ward had a cameo. You had the actress who played Huntress in the original Birds of Prey TV series have a cameo. You know they brought in Kevin Conroy. They brought in everything. You know to you know make all these different worlds and all that. And they actually had Brendan Ruth put on the suit and be his Superman again, even though he was also the Adam in the same series. But one thing I found interesting was, uh, I don't know why, but shortly after that, he was let go. He was let go from Legends of Tomorrow. So it's it's like the curse again that, you know, he puts on the suit and then, I mean, because he was perfectly fine. Everyone loved him in... You know, the whole uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow Universe, and all that. But as soon as he pushed on the suit, I heard, like, you know, shortly afterwards, they didn't go and why, but he was then leaving the show, which I found very interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, could it be part of the curse? Could it just be a coincidence? Maybe he decided that, you know, he was done with superhero stuff, he's going on with something else. But, I mean, it, I, it's just the timing. I just yeah. thought the timing was a little suspicious. That's all I'm saying. Plus, you know, the one Superman thing, I wish that came to fruition. I was right just going to talk about that. Nick yeah, Cage. I mean, Nick Cage. Yeah. But, I mean, but how cool and awesome would it have been to have... Because you know, sometimes, you know, you have Chris Walken come in, but if yeah. he's going to be a little brainiac, then he's like, oh, I'm going to drive you mad. Oh, man. They come to your house. <laughs> we talk about Christopher Walken in a couple movies from now. <laughs> when we get to the old... Uh, King, well, let me guess. Was Kings of New York the curse production? <laughs> no. <laughs> Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah, I was just looking at that one. That was excellent. Um, moving on. You gentlemen ready? Yeah, yeah, sure. Cool. Um, the Omen Curse. 
You know, films like that, you know, much like The Exorcist that we're going to talk well, about pretty soon. Dick is, Donner was extremely, I mean, a lot of these a lot of these guys, these producers, they're afraid of actually invoking certain things. I mean, in Hollywood, it is a taboo. Like with Matt Fisher is, too. Yeah. <laughs> when we did Victoria, we talked about it in a previous episode, there was a lot of problems with Victoria. Well, we had we had a lot of variables, you know, someone working against us, you yeah. know, some things, you know, unfortunately didn't come to fruition. Well, did I ever tell you about the issues that happened to my family through that? No. I, uh, my, all, the whole family almost died from carbon monoxide poisoning, and my dad was smoking a cigarette and burnt his leg while, while sleeping in bed. Okay. Oh, so that's that's not enough, enough. enough for your bill. No, 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 but no, it's just I'm trying to understand what you're saying. So it's like this, like what? So your father burns his leg and that wakes him up and that gives yeah. the indication that the alarm was going on. No, it was or? two separate things. Oh, so it was two separate things. Yeah, like okay. his, his cigarette hit the like it burnt the mattress and that is like burnt his leg. Okay, and then the thing with the carbon monoxide. Is um, they just happened to go downstairs for some re- weird reason. They're a religious family, though, so I, I would attest to that, I guess. Um, fighting the good and evil, if you will. Um, but what else? We talked about this. Remember what else was big curse on? The, oh yeah, we had a gentleman that was that owned a home. That we did a little pentagram. Like I grew up in the church, so like I always stay away from devil stuff because it's like I have beliefs that it's real. Um, it was it, positive. So no Ouija boards. Yeah, in yeah no Ouija boards in my home. Just my home. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like when we did that pentagram in that in the upstairs room, I think you did it. You I, yeah, did I, it. No, I, I remember you, putting you it down. put it there. Um, and the thing was, I I was nervous about putting that down because I'm thinking of like, hmm. I was like, I mean, you know, granted it was wonderful the house owner was able to you know let us you know come in there, but I felt like I was just making a mess. You know, I feel like I was. Not walking on eggshells, but I didn't want to make too much of a mess, you know. You smoked a pentagram with the homeowner, too. No, I did, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. He, then he lost his and mind. And now a pentagram? Yeah, and then and then apparently I was the one who uh, let, allowed someone to take a shower. And uh, He hated that girl to begin with. I mean, yeah. That so, was the whole deal with that. But, I mean, but either oh, way. Oh, somebody died in that house. I, was, that's, that's, I think that was a part of an issue, that issue, too. But it's just, I mean, that was just a weird fucking night on that shoot. And then our pal. That was the last film we did with our pal. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, not a no, Not mentioning any names, but it's, yeah, no. I don't have a feeling I know who you're talking about. But, yeah, that was a weird, that was weird, that was a weird one, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I felt that that film was cursed. Well, the, you're talking about the Omen. Oh, yeah, that was the one where you, you noticed is balding. Yes. On that Yes, that, that was when I noticed uh, someone that I have worked with before, uh, and I made a, a comment, apparently I did not realize it is not appropriate to say that, you know, because when you look at someone's head, you know, yeah. kind of at the very top, you can see, with, you know, <laughs> especially if their hair is thin and fine, yeah. where, where where the hair pattern is, how it actually falls, and, you know, where if something is going to form or starts, mm-hmm. where it's going to, you know, where you're going to go bald first. And I made that very, uh, uh, I wasn't subtle. About it, and not you. I just think Billy knows He's very bothered by that. And unfortunately, that just—I mean, whatever. I guess I'm just a full-blown asshole, and I don't know it. But I mean, I'm an asshole with a harsh. That's true. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, and you remember the incident with the homeowner, of course. Yes. That was the only time a homeowner's ever wanted to fight me. You? <laughs> me. Oh, my goodness. It would have been bad news. And, no, and, and the funny thing is, he's taller than He's taller than most trees, man. <laughs> I understood that he was in a dark place, so I didn't get into it with him. No, but it's just... But he was trying to, yeah, get, trying to get crazy. Yeah. He was like... I don't think we work... I haven't seen that dude in a long time either, you know what I mean? I feel more bad for him because he was in a dark place. Alcohol didn't help. No, but either way, <laughs> either way, you know, without mentioning but, his name, I mean, I wish no, he was with everything, you know. I would have mentioned But it was just it was a difficult time. But, you know, I think it was because of the nature of what, the material. I honestly feel that. So by virtue of the material, you think he even was even if other people, even if other people didn't put their faith into it and just thought it was a movie, like me knowing what could be, what could have happened, and what could door, what could have, what doors could have been opened, I felt that just my belief in it. I mean, I think the biggest curse it. on that production, in my eyes, was basically. Powdering a bunch of naked people that I already know. Oh, come you know, on, Billy. You didn't know all of them, Bill. No, I did know all of them, but it's like it feels weird because you really get to know someone when you're actually powdering by their genitals. You, know, with <laughs> you got to get up close and personal with David Maggot McDonald. <laughs> uh, you guys have gotten Many closer. people have tried and many people have failed, but Billy was able to survive. What can I say? I'm a little whore. I get along with everyone. <laughs> But I appreciate appreciate everybody that got naked. Yeah, and and every, but everyone did a hell of a job. You know, I mean, granted, the production might have been difficult, but everyone, but we kicked ass. You know, and everyone did. You know, their part. And you know, more than anything else, it's completed and it's finished. And it was also distributed by Trauma. So you know, that's one of those girls recently went to prison. What from the short that we from did? that circle? From Why that am circle? I not Around that pentagram. Uh uh-uh. uh. Huh. No, she just went crazy. Oh, yeah, she just went crazy. Well, she was crazy before. Yeah. She's actually the person that the homeowner didn't want in the shower. <laughs> That's kind of who I was going to, my second guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, the one who went to... Uh, it was wonderful I, when she came to the screening when she was all fucked up on Molly. You know, whatever it was. Yeah, was I on. think it was acid. Because I remember her boyfriend was with her and he was so fucked up. He, he was afraid to shake my hand. You're so intimidating, that's why. You're a scary man. I thought acid... No, he looks like someone that had a couple bodies under his belt. Somebody who's who's killed a man before, so I don't think he was intimidated shaking my hand. I think I was was unintentionally a jerk to the both of them when they first came. That's fine. But they deserved it. She's sharpening a shank in prison for you when she gets out. (laughs) I know. She's like, I'm coming for the Billy Victoria, too. But yeah, going back to Richard Donner, his plane, him and a couple other people's plane was hit by lightning while making the film, The Omen. I did hear something about that. And there was also a thing with um, one of the special, special... Yeah, we got audio for sure. What, yeah, there's a ghost right there. One of the main special effects artists uh, was killed in a car accident and he was impaled the same way that the big impaling scene with the shade of the glass... You know, the glass that cuts yeah, really. When it yeah. cut David Warner's head off. Yeah. 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 The was... same thing happened to the special effects artist. And... The head-on collision. And... Is that him? Um, is it, it John it, Richardson? It, he was in a head-on collision that took the life of his assistant, and then the roadside yeah. hit the crash at Omen, 66.6 That's what it was. kilometers. That's what it was. Okay. Because it, it, it was that far away from the town, the town called Omen or something yeah. like that. Craziness, yeah. Yeah, and I, so I believe in those curses because those ones are like wild with like, even if people don't believe in like that, 
the devil and demonic forces and stuff. I think even so many people do believe in them. That the belief out there manifests. You know what I mean? Well, Dick, but I believe it. Dick Donner. One thing. One thing I found out about him mm-hmm. that was fascinating. When I was Robert Wool's makeup artist, we were talking about, you know, Tales from the Crypt. And yeah. Donner actually directed the episode that he did with him and Joey Pants Pantaleano, mm-hmm. like the man that he did a couple of times. Yeah, he, he was an executive producer, I think. Too. Yeah. And it was great because one thing that well, that Robert told me, I thought that was fascinating, is, you know, Donner is truly one of those old school Hollywood producers. I mean, he would allow people to come in. Watch the dailies. He would like. He would actually have like a little like liquor set up, you know, so people could have a drink, you know, or have a cigar or a cigarette and kind of sit back and, and watch the dailies. And, and that's kind of a rare, you know, thing uh, for producers to basically, you know, do that. It is. I remember he yelled at Corey Feldman and made him cry. Well, Corey Feldman usually deserves to be. Yeah, there. I agree. He probably did. I could imagine. Dick Miller hated him with a passion on the burgers. Oh, did he? <laughs> Watch the outtakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I think I've heard that. But Dick Miller was a grumpy old man, but he was entitled to Rest it. in peace. Rest in peace. Rest Recently in peace. passed as well. Um, next up is the Exorcist curse, which how could you make how could you make the Exorcist and not think that a curse was going to be coming But don't think about it. it. You have the omen. Yeah. You have the Exorcist. I mm-hmm. mean, these movies already have, you know, negative connotations already. Right, yeah. Even though they're based off of, you know, like... like uh, uh, books. Was the, the books. Yeah. But I, I, was the omen a book? I'm trying to remember. I feel I, like I, it probably was. I, yeah. I know Rosemary's Baby was. Rosemary's Baby was. Which I'm going to make note because that is a cursed film as well. Yes. I mean, I, I know, it's funny because I, I believe sometimes a lot of productions don't, they inherit their issues yeah. and their problems. Where things are in their control and some things are out of their control. Yeah. Hey, Bill. And, yes. Uh, just, uh, just to jump in, I, I just had a thought. Uh, do you think that it could possibly be the fact that when when people are doing movies or, or films and so forth uh, that are dealing with the devil or, or Satan or yeah, me, you know. okay, that... Uh, uh, the the curses that that uh, that uh, that seem to be coming is well, you think uh, it might be you're playing with Pandora's box is what I'm basically well yeah I, I I I understand yeah. that and 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 I, I I agree with that but could it also be kind of like the um, self uh, fulfilling prophecy like you know you 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 do something that you know that could possibly be playing with Pandora's box but you know. Because of that, you, that people end up doing things that could actually, you know, fulfill that it's not necessarily a curse, but it's like people just doing things uh, because they think that they are cursed, because they are dealing with this kind of stuff. So you're almost talking about psychosomatic. Yeah, I know I'm sounding crazy, but... No, no, you know, no, no, I know what you're trying to say, but, yeah. if, but if people think, already, if, you know, it's, 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 the, it's to will a mind... Yeah. Because if you, like, if I'm talking to Melissa and I'm going to be, say, negative, then she's going to kind of feed off that negativity. Yeah. But the thing is, when you're on a film set, you're already dealing with so many different people, you know, in different situations where all you want to do at the end of the day is just do your friggin' job and go home. Yeah. But, you know, if there's, you know, lots of, you know, negative or ne- negativity or people yeah. are already thinking the worst, they're already thinking of the curse, basically. Yeah. Is going on, then yeah. if, if you can either you're acknowledge just bring that energy. exactly, you're, yeah. you're you're only adding to that energy. 
Yeah, you're, you're adding to that energy. You've got the stress of getting the film. Back. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got that energy. And that's anxious enough as it is. You've got those there, whether they admit it or not, to the person next to them, that actually believe and are uncomfortable with what's going on. Yes. Yeah. You've got those that believe that it is it is real. You also may have, an, in an innocent sort of way, let's say you do have an actor and is pouring their heart and soul into these lines. Yeah, the, the, the roles. Yeah. Yeah. Into the role. And they're putting all of their energy... They wrap their head around it, and what they're doing is reciting a curse, or calling a demon, or and they're pouring that. Take this whole collection, and if you have somebody who has done research, and let's say they're using symbols that are accurate. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so you got the symbology, you got the rhythms, the sounds. You're right. You got everything is all coming together. If there wasn't a curse there before, you just opened a door. <laughs> no, you're right, because, yeah. I mean, and it's funny you mention that, because, I mean, anybody that knows me knows basically how I feel about ghoulies. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is, I found out with a lot of the imagery that they used in that movie was accurate. Oh. But they knew that they had to switch it up, because yeah. the production, see, product, like, you know, per, the the not Char- well, Charlie is very superstitious, but either way, people believe, you know, let's augment this so mm-hmm. we're not actually, supposedly, inadvertently, you know, causing something or bringing something negative into this mm-hmm. space. Because there's even productions where, you know, people will be like, hey, you know what, why don't we actually film in a real haunted house and see how that is and yeah. see how that goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't expect to have a good time because people are going to be like, hey, when is something going to happen? Is something going to happen? Or if something does happen... People get freaked out. Yeah, the whole psychosomatic thing as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got. I, I see what you're talking about. It's like you know, you, you got to stick your your poking the beehive. You that are, yeah. Sooner or later, you know, the bees uh, are going to you know uh, get a little pissed off and come back. But that's yeah. why location plays another factor. Yeah. You know, you could be filming in a location that might have certain negative elements. Yeah. You know, you might just think of that crucifixion scene. The crucifixion, Ma- the crucifixion scene? masturbation scene. In what? In the Exorcist. Exorcist. Oh, in the Exorcist. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was a very powerful scene overall. I mean, that was Willy just... Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, damn. I gotta say, I love that the, scene. The, 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 the visual of that alone, I remember like watching that as a kid and just having my mind. I think that was probably the most my mind's ever been blown away in a film. I mean, personally, I had more issues with the medical stuff in that movie. The Exorcist I'm talking about, than, yeah, yeah. than actually oh, really longer. the spiritual stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, the medical stuff, you know, especially with that medicinal snozberry. I had a horrible nightmare for a month. Oh come on, I could, I could get enough of the snozberry myself. I heard that know. about you. Yeah, the oompa loompas. I mean, plus you can't tell me those oompa loompas weren't terrifying. They are. They look like mini Donald Trumps running around. I mean, oh. <laughs> to me, they're rolling around in a package of Doritos. Yeah, to yeah. me, that's a nightmare. <laughs> You know the scene I'm talking about, right? Well, actually, when they were talking about it, and if you you talk about the symbols when you look up, yeah, the symbolism, the symbolism. um, There is a class they call sigils, and sigils are power symbols. And people may use them uh, for different reasons. If and you're saying, let's say somebody takes a uh, symbol and they modify it. Mm -hmm. The problem is that with sigils, is you can make a personal one. There's a way of reducing something to get the design for your personal power yeah. with sig- sigils as well as those that are attributed to certain entities. 
if you take one and you say, I'm, I'm going to make this safe. This isn't um, Satan. I'm going to make it safe and modify it. All you're doing by modifying is not making it safe. You're giving a personal attachment and power to it. So you think you're making it safe. You're opening it up. Yeah, so either way, you're augmenting it, but it's still the door is open either way. The door is open, and you don't realize that you're doing that. Yeah. And it's very, very, whether it was, what was that, Victoria? The movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. or whether it's The Omen. You ha you're putting those things out there. And like I said, with all of that energy, and, oh, yeah, this chant works perfectly. It's almost like that line of Ride of the Monster. They tampered in God's domain. It's true. Mad Mel, you're not mad enough to do that with a crucifix, are you? Well, it depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Let's, let's see how the weekend goes. <laughs> yeah, like seriously. Yeah, I mean, it's only Saturday. Uh, well, you probably get a, a soft few uh, Hail Marys after that. <laughs> I've actually seen dildos that were shaped like crosses, which is weird enough. Nothing surprises um, me anymore. No. I've seen a lot of weird shit, man. Oh. That's all I got. And, and everyone's just at home. I wish they could see the look on Alex Hawk's face. <laughs> because <laughs> it is so genuine with him. Oh, yeah. Like, all I see is like a little bit of blood by his ear, and that's what keeps like grabbing my attention. <laughs> what can I say? I mean, all, all this talk is just, just having blood pour from my ears. <laughs> you know, said nine people died. During the making of The oh, Exorcist. The Exorcist? Yeah. Now, who died? Oh, uh, it was a. They said it you was a. the effects guy, right? Or was no, that, that was the omen. omen. Um, it was a mixture of cast, crew, and relatives. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Jack McDowrin, the actor who played the role of Dark Dunnings, and I'm going to slaughter this name, Valsip Licky Malarios. Hmm. Let me see. Where? It was like it was all like casting crew. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Linda Blair's mother got a a spinal injury on set, which I yeah. wonder what that was all about. I always thought they said it was her. I didn't realize it was her mother. Well, she was. I guess you would kind of say she was cursed because her career kind of fizzled out, and she After. got real heavy in the drugs and hanging out yeah. with Rick James. Yeah, yeah. Rick, you know, Rick James, bitch. It's her, his super freak. <laughs> Rick James, super freak. I saw those pictures. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah um... Not unlike uh, Al Goldstein, Linnea Quigley. I think it would, mm. would, the creepiest thing to me is the Italian premiere. It says that at the Metro Metropolitan Theater in Rome, a lightning strike hit a church nearby and destroyed the 400-year-old cross, oh. which fell to the ground in the center of the piazza. So they said it, like the devil was definitely on set. Did you say the metropole? the metropole in Italy? Yeah, the Metropolitan Because I think the Metropole is, I, I think that's the, the same theater for demons, the demons. actually. <laughs> Double double whammy right there. Why well, is don't tell me uh, demons is also on the list. No, oh. but it deals with dark stuff. It does because it's funny with the last few titles that we talked about how yeah. directly you know they kind of correlate. I guess you would say with religion, you know, yeah. you know all yeah. exorcists, you know. Yeah, especially uh, talking about the dealing with the Satan Prince Darkness himself, which I, I mean honestly I think is probably really interesting that the fact that. The more that any movie seems to focus on that character itself, is more I think most prone with with um, either real curses, uh, depending on how you stand, or just the the things happening and people making that you know connection yeah. because of what the story is about. 
to, to do a complete flip on that from the more devilish movies to a, if you'd call holy film, The Passion of the Christ is supposedly have a curse too. I remember hearing about uh, Jim, was it Jim Cazeal? Yeah. The guy who played Jesus. Right? Played yeah. Jesus, Jim yeah, he got, yeah. I guess he got, I remember he got struck by lightning. I want to say it was while he was on the cross, but I could be wrong. Because it also talked about while he was carrying the cross. Yeah, he uh, I think pulled his rotator cuff. Or he like hurt himself uh, when he was uh, lugging that along. That is no fun from yeah. someone that dealt with rotator yeah. cuff surgery. And he had flesh ripped it, yeah. off his back when he was getting whipped. And got whipped, yeah. flesh ripped off. Yeah, and then the, the AD got electrocuted twice with lightning. Yeah, and then you can look at Mel Gibson and say that that kind of. You know, his I, career I, kind I, of I had a little take, issue after I that. Well, they, they say he's bizarre in his own Oh, no, he is. Yeah. He's so. nuts. I've heard that he's... I, I mean, the funniest depiction I've ever seen of him was on South Park. South Park, I thought When he's it. in his underwear with, you know, the... Um, uh, what was it? Freedom! Yeah, yeah. With the makeup Very on. It was what it was. And he's literally, like, reaching in his ass, you know, mm-hmm. smearing shit on the wall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, but it's funny because you look at someone like you know. I was about to say Mel Brooks, but you, know, <laughs> you look at someone like Mel Gibson, yeah, who has this amazing body of work. You know, right. If you look in the '80s and early '90s, but the thing is, he's here's a guy who actually just wanted to make the jump, literally from being in front of the camera to behind the camera, and that was his aspirations. He's kind of come full circle, where yeah. like he's he's more. Like, he was really outcasted for a couple of years after he had, like, all the, you know, he said, you know, yeah. I think he had up with his wife or girlfriend. It was a big situation. Didn't, was, didn't he go through a divorce or something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then, of course, his rant uh, yeah, to, the police, rants to the police and um, anti-Semitic stuff yeah. was said. Actually, it's... But he's back, kind of back on top a little bit. It, director, at least. It's funny because you bring up the past of Christ. Now, I don't know how true it is, but no. from what I've heard on a few, um, you know, sites and, and, and news articles, that uh, that Mel Gibson and Cavell, who pr- played Jesus, are looking to do a Passion of Christ too. Yeah, that's weird. Electric boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, no I'm like, intended. I'm like, okay, why? I mean, it's like this do Titanic too. Okay, I want to see what. That happened. was a joke. They actually were trying. They were thinking because there was, there was the one that they built afterwards, not the Titanic, but like mm-hmm. the, yeah. the Britannica yeah. or something like that. But you had the Britannica, you had the Titanic, and there was another system. Yeah, because also. they were considering making yeah, a movie of, for the all three Britannica. of them. Right now. Oh yeah, I mean, jeez. Hmm. So, so thank you for, to the welders. Well, there's a new yeah. one, isn't there? Isn't there like a new Titanic that they built recently? Yeah. Yes, yeah. but that's like, and of course everyone wants to get on it. I would like, want to. It's you like, couldn't pay uh, me nope, enough to want to nope, get on nope, a boat. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Well, wasn't it Godzilla that brought down the Titanic? <laughs> Didn't I see that meme somewhere? Oh, I love that meme. <laughs> yeah, you saw that. Now, actually, if you take something like The Passion of Christ, you yeah. can kind of flip that as far as the curse goes for some of the other films. If you say that there is, whether you want to call it Satan, yeah. negative or evil, and someone is trying to make a very positive and strong, powerful statement, whether they're the living people now that are against it, they may be cursing it, they may yeah. be putting negative energy out, the darker forces yeah. may be ganging up to kind of ruin it or try and stop it. Because they don't want that message out there. Right. Yeah. They don't want that. No. They want to stop it. 
But there was a ba- I remember there was a backlash about the movie before it even came out. Yeah. You know, I remember a, a, a lot of the Christian groups were up in arms. They get weird. Well, they yeah. get before they get weird because they didn't really know what they thought it was a mockery. But by the end of it, they got behind it because I remember like my yeah. mom's church was bringing groups of people to go see it. Like it made big bank, yeah. and nobody wanted to finance it. And I remember he like financed the whole movie himself. I thought he so did, when, didn't he take the money from Apocalypto or whatever he no, made right uh, before Braveheart, that? I think because Apocalypto was after. You're right, that was after. The, um, and it wasn't uh, the Man Without a Face. No, <laughs> I saw that in the theaters. Oh my god! I'm sorry, I had to enjoy that. I thought it was. I thought it was. I, I liked it. Hawk is doing the Man Without a Face too. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, watch Nell instead of. Oh man, <laughs> I've seen Nell. I've seen Nell. I mean, that's a good one. I wouldn't watch it again. But, but um, moving into the next cursed film, I do agree with with Ray though with that passion well, thing. I, where I, I do well. think that that would be the reason for the bad, you know, karma around it would be negative forces not wanting. Because I want to say that that was a very powerful film um, that probably got because in a big Hollywood way, it told the story of Jesus that like. For people who don't want to open up a Bible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but moving on to the next film, we have the the ch- children's favorite, The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yes. Classic, which has curses written. Lollipop Guild, the Lollipop Guild, and Satan. Wow. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, he's terrible, this guy. And he looks like that. <laughs> but that movie really actually is, I mean, when I was really young, or when I was talking to my mother, she mm-hmm. saw it when she was really young. You know, those monkeys terrified the, shit, the shit out of people. Right. From of course, yeah. But even the, the witch, witches. you know, because actually one I even accident, thought the regular non was no. the same lady who plays the other witch, uh, right? It was a... Uh, no, no, no. No, no they, they, they were different. Different actors. But not not the, Gilda, but... The, the evil witch, uh, Margaret Hamilton. I think yeah, yeah. Her name. She played the neighbor. She, oh, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, 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 on the she, bike, that's what, yeah, that's what it was. Because, yeah, I thought she was a witch. Um, the, only, the only curse I know about that production not was... Not Gilda the Good Witch was... Not Gilda, else. but the bad one. Yeah. She almost got burned to death. Yeah. She got burned bad, yeah. And she got burned bad. And it Margaret was... Hamilton? Yeah. yeah. Is that her name? Did I say her name? Yeah. And it was actually the effects artist that saved her life. Hmm. And was his name Bill Graham? No, but he, he was actually... Um, I want to say he was a legitimate monster maker. I mean, he had credits. I forget his name. Was that white Brenda? No, but he <laughs> he, he, he he basically like pushed her out of the way, or he he did something because the fire would have. Where was he on the day Kane Hodder got? It engulfs. Yeah, that's all I He say. pulled her out somehow. Yeah. Where was he the day our buddy Kane Hodder got burned? Right. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> that too dark. We, we <laughs> love Kane. But we love Kane. we love Kane, and plus, the, I mean, that documentary. Great. Is like, that made me cry. Like, but seriously, hearing everything yeah, he went well, through. Because, I mean, and he told me that story in person. And so, when we did Haunting of Alice D. Yeah. And he got a little... Teary-eyed. Teary-eyed. But it's hard it, not hey, to. It made everybody. When you see him tell a story and get teary-eyed, you got to cry. He's burned yeah. over, what, 60% of his whole body? Yeah. I feel bad for that. I already feel bad for But he never, you know what, he never let that, you know, I mean, but he's he has his fan base... Is so loyal. He has a lot of good friends, you know. And at the end of the day, you know, 
Good for him, you know. I mean, it, yeah. it was it was terrifying, you know. Especially, oh, he's a trooper. You know, I mean, to come back from that, to come back from and be that. and be like a a beacon of light of positivity for other people that have dealt with it. Because I know he's big with children's hospitals yeah. and stuff. Good be- guy, good because man. Because back when he got burned during that time frame, I have family friends yeah. that unfortunately got burned bad. Mm-hmm. And they were still using the techniques of actually the maggots, you know, basically. Dave Maggot? Well, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, unless if you want to take about a billion little Dave Maggots, yeah. you know, down to the size. Because they, would eat, they would eat all the dead flesh. And, and, Sounds and, like Dave Maggot. <laughs> and the worst thing is, is like the, the smell of burning flesh is not a smell no. you're going hey, to get anytime you, soon. You can't. It's no, a, no, it, it's, no. Uh, it's a, yeah, but you're right. It's a smell that will never leave you. No, because like I remember, like when the station nightclub fire happened, yeah, you can smell it in Rhode Island. I was working at the hospital. Yeah, and because all the hospital local hospitals were filled, they were starting to open up like sections of other hospitals to bring the patients to to help them recover. And you know, they when they're all on one ward, mm-hmm. and you walk in, and that's the only thing you smell. Yeah, like. You don't really don't forget that charred Char- Char- flesh. So, yeah, I never so, knew that you were working at a hospital when that happened. Oh yeah, I was actually supposed to go to the concert that night. That's and, horrifying! Oh my yeah, god! I was supposed to go to that concert. My dad had won tickets, and he was going to give it for, for me to go. And I ended up a friend of mine um, started DJing at a new club that was in town, and we ended up going to that instead to support him and ended up saving our lives. Did, I was anyone, my even, did, did anyone even actually come out of that alive? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, people came out alive. But, a good amount. I mean, a lot of people yeah. died. Yeah, people, I, The people that were, like, the closest to the doors are the ones that really made it out. I mean, that yeah. place was a small spot. And, yeah. like, they were way... Just way of the coat. Some of the better coats, too. Yeah. I mean, I it, it should have been common sense anyways with the size of that place. Why are you going to use pyrotechnics inside? But you know, well, you, we are talking about the state people, of Rhode Island, and common sense is yeah. not. People that run clubs that. are usually like party animals, anyways. So just you no, know. that wasn't even their call. That was the that was the that was the oh, band's the band? call. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were they they I don't know they I never really heard of them before that, but I guess they were a big deal Great in the eighties or something like that. Yeah, they were big in the eighties. I was into I, I I listened to them growing up, which is why I was going to go to this show. So yeah, that hmm. was, they didn't have. Don't really hear much hit? since that. Yeah. What's their hit song? Oh, God. What was the name of that song? Run for the Doors? No. <laughs> yeah. All right. Dan Kane Hodder, I got to stop. I love Kane Hodder. Like Striper. Like, yeah. They're bad. I'm bad tonight. But then, like, they just fell off, like, in the 90s. Well, after that whole thing at the station, they really, you don't hear much from them. No. Well, one, yeah, that, there's a curse right there that carries. Yeah. Well, but there's probably, like, some names. Like, speaking of curses, like, you know, there's probably even, like, certain, like, like, Great White. Like, even, like, bringing that up, you know, just has, like, a weird stigma to it, you know. So, you that know, was a dark time. And that, that was a dark super time. Super dark. You know? I mean, I think it's dark when you, you know, kind of, because, like, I mean, I know how we're talking about, like, yeah. cur- curse stuff, but even, like, you know, like, that whole, like, Great White or even... You know, I mean, not for controversy's sake, but even like mentioned, like nine eleven. I know that can be kind of like a spot that's just you know. I mean, well, like, like the world Park. was affected by that. Well, the South Park, like you say, you know, you know, they have that episode about how after a certain amount of time you can make fun of things. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you've heard so of insufficient cases, gray. Though, like, making fun of it is kind of like it's kind of a bad way of coping with that situation. Yeah, I mean, you you could take that's it as, why I make jokes. Not all out of love. Life, no, life's, like life's too serious as it is. 
I we're not literally. We're not getting out of it alive. So you might as well joke about it. Amen. Well, speak for yourself. I'm going to live forever. So, 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 say, so it's not too life. soon for the if critical game jokes. If you don't, if you yeah. don't, uh, <laughs> if you don't make, if you don't have, make fun of it, you cry all the time. Yeah. Whatever that I say, I say. <laughs> I don't even remember myself. There's something worse than a sad Alex Hawk. Oh, that's very true. Or a sad Ray. <laughs> Ray gets sad Ray. Ray doesn't get sad. He gets glad. He's, he's, he's 17. He's, he's a ray of sunshine. Always. Yeah. He's beat the system. <laughs> Judy Garland, her life kind of fell apart. After yeah. that movie? She died very young. She did. Yeah. Yeah. She's unfortunate. Yeah, she, alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, pills for dinner. Who do we oh, think we also, are? Oh, also, um, the Tin Men. The Tin Men, little curse part of the... Yeah, because yeah, that was originally pain, supposed like, to be Buddy Epson. Yeah, Buddy Epson was the, allergic to the, uh, the, the powder, paint yeah. that they put on him. And that's why they got Ray... Ray Is it Ray Bulger or Ray Bulger? I think it was Bulger. Ray Bulger. But the weird thing is, I found out that there's apparently a relation to the actual Bulger family from Ray Bulger. Hmm. But it was weird. That's what I heard years and years and years ago, and no one's ever disproved it to me. I actually watched The Wizard of Oz last Wednesday with my granddaughter. Nice. I love The Wizard of Oz. Now, the version you saw, did it have that famous little silhouette of the supposed little person that hung this was This was a pretty much, there were two things I noticed. It was a cleaned up version from what I remember. Yeah. And the syncing between the image and the... And the dialogue and singing wasn't quite right hmm. when they did it. So slightly out of sync. Slightly out of sync, and it occasionally there were certain scenes. I was thinking more like I'm watching a badly dubbed foreign film. <laughs> it, it got so bad at certain points before they fixed it. In the next, so scene. like a good camera film. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Just gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the digital. I think the digital thing like is off. Well, yeah. I've seen that with TV shows. Yeah, movies, but that's yeah. the funny thing about with restorations now is you know because if you go back to like say like Star Wars, like you know four, five, and six, you get yeah. like the first VHSs. Those were the ones that they screened in the theaters way back when. But Lucas has gone back so many times, you know, digitizing, you know, fixing things up. Yeah. But if you look at like if you go back to the old version of um, Wizard of Oz, when they basically are kind of walking down the trail for the first time when yeah. they all meet up. You know, and if you can find find an old copy, you'll notice a shadow that's out of place because they say it's that's actually one person removing the body that was already hung that was hidden in the frame. And I have actually seen this scene multiple times, and I've never you know, and it raises a lot of questions. They, they really try does. to blame cranes, right? They try. I think Isn't they try to blame cranes, but the funny thing is, if you actually see the shadow. It does look like a body is actually hanging. Yeah, but is it, is it necessarily one of the munchkins? Because they said that like a lot. There was like several of the flying monkeys that had accidents because of falling out of their harnesses. Oh, I wouldn't doubt that for a second, so, especially with the wire work that they had back in the '30s, because that was yeah, really one of the first. Not, it doesn't necessarily mean it was one of the munchkins, even though that's what you know. But if you're talking about it first, you're going to have to factor in the things like they had problems with toxic makeup. They had problems with the wire work thing. Yeah. You know, and the studio, the studios pushing the film, a lot of those issues may not be a curse. No, but it's like the, the, the Titanic, if you think about it. That wasn't a curse. That was basically ignorance on, 
the part yeah. of the people and it, you not know, paying it, attention. Not paying attention, where it can almost be people being ignorant in production. Yeah. Where they're... You're rushing things. You're they're not right, checking exactly. things. Everything they're the they're the first ones be. willing to say it's a curse instead of admitting we fucked up in certain situations. Yeah. yeah. And well, the NTM thing. You know about NTM? Yeah. NTM took a bunch of pills and put a bag over her head to kill herself. Yeah, Would you consider that a curse, Raymond? Or Ray? Really? I forgot for a second. <laughs> I forgot for a second, sorry. People I completely forgot. Call me Raymond. <laughs> for those who don't know. Okay, me, that's the devil that. uh, in Ray coming out. <laughs> but the NTM, you guys never heard about NTM? No, I didn't. That was dark, very dark. Yeah, I remember reading about Where did that you, a while I, back. I just, yeah, I just saw that both her and Uncle, the guy that played Uncle Henry, both died before the film was released on television for the first time. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't say I don't what. know about the uncle, but I know that she did. That's what she She took a bunch of pills and yeah, put a bag died. over her head, yeah. Which was gruesome. That movie was a huge feat for its time, no matter how you cut it. Especially going from black and white to transitioning mm-hmm. to color. Yeah. I mean, that was the first time that, that was, was the done. first Sin City. The first Sin City. <laughs> yeah, right. Before 300. <laughs> yeah. Before Sin City, there was The, the Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Oz. The director directed The Wizard of Oz and uh, Gone with the Wind, was it? In the same yeah, year? Yeah, in the same so. year. Same year. Victor Crowley? <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, <laughs> no. Fleming, Victor Fleming. Yeah, I was going to say Virgil Vogel, but no, that was mole people. Then you have like a film like Freaks. I don't know if you'd call that cursed, but I mean that had a lot of well, that had a lot that of people ruined that had his names. Todd Browning's Todd career. Browning. I mean, you know, for Todd Browning, I mean, first he did, you know, like Dracula, Dracula, of course, and you know he had his hand in some of the, but I mean, I would say, I would say, what? Oh. No. Inside joke. Do, do you want to talk about no, Freaks? No, 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 no. Was? No. Yeah, no, but the No, thing, the Freaks thing was cool because I liked how he really used Freaks. Yeah. And I don't... I should, we probably shouldn't have used the word Freaks, but they were but like people the that were deformed. We're so. not being politically, well, that's why politically it, it, correct I don't now. want it to destroy my career like it destroyed Todd Browning's career. Well, e- either way, however you cut it, whether if it's the title or... You know, but it's like, you know, they had people that had, you know, these physical deformities where some of them were actually accomplished, you know, that were in the sideshow. Some of these people were actually retired that had been, you know, like Florida has a famous Mm -hmm. um, retirement um, home for people that have uh, performed in the circus with Mm -hmm. their supposed sideshows. That's cool. And so, you know, it's a bit, but, you know. Either way, I mean, the whole animal aspect is what I find more fascinating about, you know, freaks, you know, like the, you know, the kind of the human, you know, animal type of, you know, crossovers, yeah. you know, but, you know, you see someone like that has no legs, you know, and they're walking around on their hands. I mean, sure, that's perceived, you know, as creepy or mm. like in the end when, you know, it's that, not normal, yeah. yeah when it's, but, you know, the whole perception of what of, of normal and how we define it. You know, the things that we are afraid of, you know, I mean, that's where, you know, like, Google gobble, Google gobble, one of us, one of yeah. us, because they're, they're afraid of the outsiders. Like, we are afraid of the outsiders. Yeah. But, you know, I really don't know much so much about the curse of it, but the whole concept, I know, was extremely difficult when that movie first came out. Oh, sure. Because you know, a lot of people were petrified. Mm-hmm. Of that movie, just based off of the merit of... Well, they consider it a horror movie. It is. You know what I mean? In some ways, it is. And in some ways, it isn't. Because I see it more of as a drama. 
I yeah, I see even more more of like a psychological thriller. Yeah, I mean there is, some... but it kind of cursed his career because that was the last thing he did, I think, right? Or at least of notability. What was that Showboat movie he did? I thought he did that. Sh- I thought he did Showboat. I don't know. I, he could have. I want. I thought that that was a, a rap for him. Like, I think he did. They didn't let him come back from that, yeah. which is interesting because he was like on top of the world for a little bit. Well, he was one of the biggest directors for you know um, that time frame because I mean, Dracula is what really put him on the mark. Yeah. Know? But not unlike, uh, you know, what the hell was his name? Um, James Whale. Yeah. You know, I mean, James Whale and him were like the two biggest, you know, horror directors, mm-hmm. you know, during it's that true. time frame. Yeah. Well, they did the two biggest movies. Yeah. Frankenstein and Dracula. Were they the same year? Dracula. 31? I don't think so. I don't think they're the same year. Yeah. Roughly around the same time, the probably, same time. but not Early the same 30s, year. yeah. Yeah, that's when, like, the 30s is when they did all those, like, Hammer movies, right? No, know, the, the Universal the, the, Monsters. The, the Universal Monsters, yeah, yeah the, the Hammers were the 70s. 70s, yeah. 60s yeah. and 70s. Yeah, because yeah. that was when you had uh, Bob LeBert and the Amicus films that, you know, turned into uh, Hammer. But, you know, you you had the, even, like, the pre-code movies, yeah. like, I Went to Lost Souls, still perceived as one of the best yeah. H.G. Wells versions right. of, you know. Criterion put it up. Yeah, Criterion did a beautiful job. Charles Lawton, even, like, uh, um... What is it called? Uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame yeah. with the pre-code one. Charles mm-hmm. Lawton was just a damn good actor. Night of the Hunter fall into that category too? Night of the Hunter, it should. I mean, Night of the Hunter is an amazing. Night of the Hunter was what, Robert Mitchum? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and who was the... Uh, that, that wasn't with um, Mel Brooks' wife. That wasn't Anne Bancroft. Who, 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 who's the female? In, um, what, like the aunt? Character, the, the the young girl that was tortured oh, like that little by, girl? by Robert Mitchum. The little girl, how little girl and little boy, the girl from the pack, someone younger, in yeah, the, kind of like in their twenties, you know. You looking know. at porn over there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, she's looking at the crucifix dildo. Mm-hmm. Um, I how do you order mine? Oh, thank you. Get a pink, pink with neon green veins, please. <laughs> I got um, one in my shop. I'll just give it to you. Okay. <laughs> Wash it first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sanitize it. The Apocalypse Now film they say is cursed. Just because it had a really rough. It had a really rough well, shoot. No, but that was a rough production. Sheen had a heart attack in the middle of the film. Yeah. And was it Harvey Keitel was the original, right? Yeah. So like Harvey Keitel Sheen. was supposed to be originally uh, Martin And Sheen. they started shooting in they, a week or so. Kind of like Back to the Future where they started yeah. shooting, what's his name, from Pulp Fiction there, Eric Stoltz. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. then Stoltz they fired him after a week. Uh, yeah. They fired um, Keitel after a week, yeah. and then they brought Sheen in, and Sheen had like a heart attack because he was smoking like 40 cigarettes a day or something. Well, no, because like Sheen, uh, the funny thing is when Sheen, uh, the narration, yeah. you know, with the Sheen, um, one thing I heard was Sheen didn't show up or he couldn't show up. And they actually got his brother, oh, Joe right. Estevez, to actually come in and hmm. do a little bit of the narration. He got drunk when he did that scene where he cuts his hand. I yeah. He was like, I, I, wouldn't face. Doubt it. I mean, but you it's look a good the, scene. You look at the cast of the movie back then. I mean, you know, I mean, like Dennis Hopper. I mean, you know, love Dennis. I Hopper. love Dennis. It's so yeah. many amazing wild men, you know, yeah. in that movie. That Have you ever seen The Heart of Darkness? The documentary? The documentary. Oh, my God. I've been, you know what? I haven't, I haven't seen the whole entirety in years. Yeah. But, I mean... Because, like, Brando is super difficult and, like, uh, didn't, Br- didn't Br- learn the script or read the book. You know, when it comes to Brando, he's like, you know, I'm just, I just want to do what I want to do on my own dime. Pretty much. It, yeah. It's like... They cost it's like, like a million dollars a day. Actually, one th- <laughs> the funny thing about Brando... Yeah. Brando was actually... If you think of, like, Mini-Me... 
Yeah, well, you know, there you go. all that came from Brandon because that was not in the script for Island of Doctor Moreau. Yeah. yeah, Brandon was like, you know, this little man over here. He he's the big star of the movie. He's the real star of the movie. Yeah, and you know, so it's he was he, just he didn't take the movie seriously. No, <laughs> no, he didn't. But the, the best is what he said. Uh, you know, pulls over in the car. Let's fuck with Bob Shay. You don't want to fuck yeah, with yeah, the president yeah, 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 of yeah. <laughs> you know the company. But I, I mean. Is, and yep. right before Moreau was another movie you could talk about being cursed almost. That was right. trouble, I would say, not well, so much. And then we well, had, you know what? You like his son, because I think his son committed suicide. His like daughter, a daughter his, right his before daughter. they started shooting. And, and they filmed in Cape Tribulation in yeah. um, uh, Australia, which has the highest rain content that no one even looked at before. Whole, no, when Frankenheimer came in. The whole Richard Stanley... Debacle of him getting like yeah, thrown off the film and stuff, which is unfortunate. I, I, can, I consider that movie cursed because yeah. he actually did use black magic, and I just remember this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he actually used black magic to his advantage yeah. when he met yeah. Brando at first. He and, won him over, yeah. and they won him over, and he said, "I'm not making this fucking movie unless if Richard Stanley's directing this thing," because I think Polanski was actually supposed yes, to direct. It's true. And since we're bringing up Polanski, we'll talk about Rosemary's Baby I was just real quick. Say something about that too. Which catches the curse. The great William Castle, the producer, he had what, a heart attack or something? Yeah, William Gallstones. Gallstones. And then, of course, you know, the Manson murders. Yep. Of Sharon Tate. Yeah, which, uh, she was eight months pregnant. Robin with Polanski's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was a. But would, you mean, f- f- put, would you put that into curse, or would you put that into just bad... Bad timing? Bad situation. Well, <laughs> would later, after the movie, been better? What are we talking about? Bad timing here. <laughs> um, she was wrong place at the wrong time type That's kind of how Yeah, that was pretty much it. And it's unfortunate, because it was senseless. Yeah. You know, I mean... And I don't know. It's like, I just... Because the movie I, I was a big I don't know why success. people glorify Charlie Manson. I really well, because he's anti-system, anti-society type thing. So the people that are anti-society. He's just like, I'm secretly mad that the Beach Boys didn't like my music. <laughs> yeah, pieces of that. And then, you know. What are you going to say to Brian Williams? Or, is that what his name? I uh, think so, Brian yeah. Williams? Brian Williams, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but that, that was just insanity. I mean, you know, I mean, whatever. Very if, you, if you don't get your way, yeah. then you know you basically don't say you know I'm going to brainwash four beautiful girls to basically do my bidding for me. There's a handsome guy in there too. What the Tex Watson? You got to be politically with times. Yeah, you oh, can't yeah. just say the women are beautiful. You got to say there's a handsome guy in there too. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> the um, <laughs> but. I think that he's just so anti, anti-establishment that that's why people like him. Almost like Che Guevara, whatever his name is, was kind of like a, a picture of like... What are you talking about? The the Menendez brothers? The father? That no, was no. Che, Gu- oh. che Guevara. Who's that? Like the political... Uh, oh, the political oh yeah, yeah. You mean like Chi. Chi. Chi, yeah. The way that they like look up to him as like a freedom fighter. I think they kind of look up at Charles Manson kind of like an anti-establishment guy. You also have people who have always been fascinated with evil yes. and power. Yeah. And he was a manipulator. He was. He was. And they just get, the fa- it starts off with fascination, but then they just get sucked into the whole thing. Now, it could be subconsciously they're identifying with him. Mm. 
wouldn't mind having that power. Right. There are people like that. Of course. Yeah. At, or, or just fascination because it's just so alien. It's like, wow, how did he do that? And they stop yeah. reading about him. They start yeah. studying about him. How does someone do that? And it just draws them right in. Well, I think that's where a lot of the fascination for a lot of serial killers yeah. comes from. You know, that evil and power, whether if it's someone like the him or John Wayne Gacy or Albert Fish or whatever, even like Osama well, bin Laden to a certain degree. Well, I mean, uh, go, going with the whole Manson thing, and um, I'm not saying that Manson didn't, you know, use different, you know, drugs with them and, and all that, and probably... Some say he didn't, he just let them use drugs. Uh, that, but, but that's how he brainwashed them. Well, I mean, the thing is that... It was my, in the tea. My, 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 my yeah. opinion, uh, when it comes... Right yeah, the tea I'm drinking. Um... Is that I think it's less about brainwashing. I think it's more of just giving an excuse to for people to do what they want. Well, I, mean, was, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, this is. I mean, one of the big things is why they really, you know, went after Manson. Even though I, I think he's what the only one on death row that actually physically didn't kill anybody. Wasn't convicted of killing anybody, but he did supposedly kill like a pimp. But, but, I mean, one of the things is that, uh, uh, the big thing is that they're looking at uh, his followers, you know, coming from suburban families, you know, you know, none of them came, I mean, they, at that time, they assumed anyone who's going to do something atrocious, uh, uh, awful like this is going to be coming from a broken home or from poverty and all of that. But what I think the big thing is that we all have a dark side and, and, Whatever the dark side or whatever these women and this guy, you know, had, they saw it in Charlie. Now, whether, you know, Charlie technically brainwashed them or he just was pretty much giving them a an excuse to live out something deep and dark that they've always had within themselves, you know, that, you know, some people, you know, always have that fascination or always dog nature wanting to, you know, either kill or, you know, be in that kind of powerful situation. I think it was, like, suburban kids that came from, like, a wealthier background. So, like, when, you know, in their life, like, their parents would kind of run their life for them. So, like, when they met Charlie and Charlie was telling them that they're the way and they're the boss, I think they liked that. But that's almost like willing someone more than... Well, I, yeah, like I really, I, I, I feel well. The people that killed uh, my personal thing on is, I think you know Charlie was a bit, you know, messed up their mind and stuff. But like, I, those people that did the killing should be responsible. Yeah, well, it's like if I told you to go kill somebody and you killed them, it's like the, our president sends all these troops to kill all these people. The president's doing the same thing Charlie did. Um, I sound very pro, pro. Charles Manson. Um, <laughs> but um, there is something you know. in that type of personality that Manson has. He has to be able to recognize that person that he can touch. Mm-hmm. He sees yeah. that he sees yeah. that they, they can either be manipulated because or he, he can acknowledge their weaknesses and he can yeah. exploit yeah. them. Yeah. He's evil genius. Yes, he, he has right. He has yeah. to be able to recognize that. Yeah, this one I can exploit. This yeah. one I can exactly. Use. It, it's interesting that you br- uh, brought that up. Now, um, jumping to... Like Hawk would be 
I'd be right there with Tex Watson holding a shotgun. Yeah, only if it's at his head. But anyway. I sleep in the same house with this guy on the weekend. And which one of us are going to sell tickets? <laughs> but, but, I want to cut. But it, it's, it's funny that you, you said that because that reminds me of now this series is not curse-related or horror-related. But there's a series on Netflix called Bad Blood that I just finished watching the, the last season that they have up there, which is they only have two seasons. And um, the um, main character uh, is having a conversation. Uh, this is all about, you know, the mafia in Canada. And he's, ha- he's having a, a war with this uh, brother-sister um, uh, you know, duo that are coming up trying to take over his turf. And one of the things is both of them are, are talking about, you know, their lines that the, the reason that that they live and others die is the sizing up of people. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what, you know, you can uh, attribute to Manson is the fact that, yeah, he can size up people and see, you know, who's the most vulnerable to, you know, and who has that dark side to tap in. But then, of course, the question also remains is that, I mean, I think both of them should be responsible, but neither one of them should uh, escape punishment for what they did. Because, I mean, it's like the whole whole theory of, like, uh, um, like, uh, you have, for a perfect example, like uh, Nazi Germany, okay? That, you know, everyone who, you know, you go after people for war crimes and all that and different atrocities that happened... Mm-hmm. Then, of course, the question is, you know, a lot of people like to throw out the thing about, well, I was just following orders. And, of course, then, yeah, it, it's, it's unfortunately more complicated than that because you've got those who, of course, had to follow the orders or their entire family uh, got killed, including themselves. Yeah. And then you've got those who actually relished and, you know, jumped in and did whether they did because they wanted to. And, of course, that's always the, you know... I mean, unfortunately, that's always the system when you have a mob mentality, which is, you know, you have one person in in the lead who can size up people, but then, of course, you have to also uh, uh, put the responsibility on the people who, you know, willingly, you know, follow those. There are, of course, those who are forced because of, you know, family in danger and so forth and so on, but there are always going to be those who... You know, see that as an excuse. Like, finally, someone's—I've always wanted to kill my neighbor. Now, someone's telling me that I can do it. So, it kind of takes the responsibility off of them, and that's why you know they do it because they think, well, now I have someone telling me that I can do something I've always wanted. Well, there's like a weird guilt, I think, with privileged kids and stuff, where they 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 have that privilege, but they like they're born with it, but they don't want it because like. They want to be more independent, and like mm. I think that angers them. Well, look at the Menendez brothers. They exactly. have the world given exactly. them on a platter, and they fucking They also killed. got the dad's dick on a platter, too, though. Yeah. But, you <laughs> know, I think that was the big problem with them. Well, no, but it's just either way. I mean, you know, you look at these people in Hollywood that yeah. grew up in the Hollywood system where, you know, they're given everything, and if someone, and if they say no, it's like the whole, like, Spielberg thing that yeah. I mentioned earlier. Who knows? Maybe Daddy said no, and that's why she's rebelling or whatever. Right. But you know, when you live, I mean, I can even say this about myself. But I don't, I don't want to sound too pretentious. I mean, you know, I feel very fortunate. We're all friends know. here, Bill. Yeah. You know, but I feel very fortunate. You know, like being up, born up in middle class, and I yeah. was always given everything that I ever asked for. And you know, even if something I couldn't get, 
then I had no problem, you know, hearing no. But some people just don't want to hear no, right. period. It's true. And it's all how you're raised, you know what I mean? Yeah, perception and, you know, just childhood and, you know, even friends and, you know, how, even how you communicate with people and how you talk to people. I mean, mm-hmm. That's big, I mean. You can learn real, a lot about a person just, you know, and seeing how they treat, you know, not just, you know, their family, but, how they, but how they treat, say, the waiter at the restaurant. Yeah. The people that can't do nothing for them. That's what they say. That's what they say. But with Charlie, I think, going back to Charlie real quick. I think he's just, he's very charismatic. And, like, if you listen to his interviews, like, he'll say, half of it will, like, make sense, you know, to, like, make someone who's, like, underdog type deal, so to speak. And I think they feel like they're, the, the, those kids felt like they were underdogs. But then, like, the other half of it's just craziness, you know what I mean? Like, that's the weird, evil genius of him is, like, he'd say some, some things. Like, if you watch some interviews, you'll be like, yeah, he's making sense. But then, like the rest of it's just like then he's dancing. crazy. Well, yeah, he's doing, well, doing the, the whole thing. Yeah. He's doing the faces and stuff. But I think that I think like he was so crazy that like even when the crazy side slipped in, it was just like warped their mind, you know? Because they're like, "What am I seeing?" You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, and there's nothing wrong with people, you know, that come from you know wealthier backgrounds like Bill said it's just how you're raised and it boils down to how you treat people at the end of the day that's the key thing you know and the way you're raised and the way you're raised plays yeah. a big factor in if you it. think if you think you're better than other people that's a no-go but if you're you know you understand that everybody's equal in life and humanity you know gotta give respect to get respect exactly yeah. exactly you said it Missy you can't be a rebel without a cause, like our next film. Well, no, naturally. but you can be a rebel without a clue. There's plenty of those. A rebel without a... Uh, Another Brando classic. Stella, Stella. You're thinking of... Uh, Streetcar Named Desire. I know, I'm, having, I'm, I, I know <laughs> I'm, I'm actually making fun, yeah. Uh, this is the James Dean vehicle, but not, James the, not Dean. the vehicle he died in. You know, he still gets mail to this day. Who, James Dean? James Dean. Okay. Someone should tell the fans he's dead. <laughs> no, but it's the studio. The, I believe The, the mail goes... The, he only made, what, two, three I was going to say, yeah, he didn't he make too many films. He made Rebel, and I forget the other one, but maybe it was two. But the studio still receives... Uh, outside of Eden. Outside of yeah. right. Outside yeah. of Eden. That's the name, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, is it East of Eden? Or East, East of Eden. East of Eden. Yeah. I know Eden was in the right. East yeah. of Eden. Yeah. Right. Right. Alien Kazan, no, I think. I think Out of Eden was that ridiculous Dan Aykroyd, the friggin' uh, Rosie O'Donnell movie. Yikes. Yeah. But yeah, he died before he was 24. And then Tupac died when he was 24, too. Something I think. Like or he was young. He was young. Something super. Like, when I, lo- I looked up recently, not recently, but like a couple years ago, I was looking into, like, Tupac, what year he died. And it was, like, insane to think that he did all that before that age. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was, what, like, 92, 93 when he passed Tupac? I mean, it was the uh, early like a little I was later. In high school. Like, 95, no, 96. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was later. Maybe it was mid. I thought it was early. I don't know. Yeah, because you got to figure right around '99 was like the Fifty Cent era and stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. So he would have been, yeah, probably '95, '94. Kurt Cobain, I think, died in '94. That sounds '94, '95. Because Biggie came out in like '95, and that was right around the whole that whole thing. So, because like I consider, I always say when 
when Kurt Cobain died, I think it grunge kind of died with him, and that's when hip hop kind of slid into that number one spot that everybody loved, music wise. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then yeah, if he was Tupac and Biggie, they came in real quick and went out pretty quick. Yeah. You know, life wise, like they they're were, still around today. They musically. revolutionized. Them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's listening to the crap that's out there now. They're probably turning over in their graves. Yeah, I can't even understand the mumble, the mumble rap. I, oh, it's the worst. I, those are all just those are all privileged kids that want to look. Is hard. Post Malone actually a mumble rapper? No, because he did a big hit, didn't he, babe? Yeah, he's got a couple of decent songs, but he's like because I've never I've, no, but I've never gone out of my way to be like you know what I really want to listen to a Post Malone. Song. I, I just I there's really a song that if you heard, I'm not saying it's good, but if you heard it. There's like a huge hit that isn't he it, had. Isn't that it on one of the Marvel movie soundtracks? It might have been. I there was a, say it's the, one of them. I, I heard a song that he did, and I wasn't like, it was a big pop song, and all those pop songs, you know, are catchy. But like, I didn't know that it was him. Like, when I found out it was him, I was surprised. Yeah, the only thing he needs is a shower. I think, that's, yeah. I, I, that's like a general consensus of what they say about him. Because yeah. yeah. he looks, I hate to say it, but he just comes across as such a dirty guy. Yeah. Then when Lil Wayne popped in, Lil Wayne, I think, was the first. He was like I was on the, the breaking off him. point into the mumble rap. Like yeah. I think that he was the Little Wayne was like the bridge of like that Fifty Cent. Um, you might even want to say Mike Jones is kind of in the bridge too because yeah. his rapping was really like I give Little Wayne credit almost, though, considering like that whole yeah. mumble rap thing. He puts on a good concert. Oh, well, he's a phenomenal hype man. Yeah, yeah. phenomenal hype man. That's well, I think he was kind of the last of the decent hip hop people. And now they're just all fucked up on whatever, and they're like yeah, laying on the ground now. But leave it to Dave Chappelle, where we're still quoting him, you know, right. to this day because of comedy's comedy. You know, comedy's you know comedy, I mean? and you know, I love what Chappelle did for a little Wayne because yeah. I still hear people say, "Yeah." Are oh, you thinking of Little John? Sorry, Little yeah, John. John. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Little Wayne, all Little right. John. You know, I Little mean, John, like. Did he even rap or was he just like a hype guy that would no, do he like phrases? He was just like a hype guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember him really singing anything. Yeah, no, you're saying Little Wayne. I'm thinking Little, Little John. John. But yeah, yeah, no, Little John, Little John was, was the 2000, was 2000, 2001. Yeah. Little, 2000 Little John? Ish? I think he was, he started in like 2000s. He was that version of Joey Lawrence with, whoa. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. Obnoxious, either way you look at it. What? I love Mike Jones because he was so obnoxious and uneducated sounding. But that's what can make someone really. I love that. I got that album. No, but people, well, you can even you can love someone like that. Yeah. Or you'll hate someone like that because it's difficult. Well, a lot of people hated him at the time. I wasn't. It was weird. He grew on me. My sister bought the album actually. Um, it was catchy. Crunk. Well, no, chopped and screwed. That was the style of music, right? Yeah. yeah. It happened so quick. Every couple of years, there's a whole new style of hip-hop. Crunk? Is that what it was called? Crunk. Yeah. That's Crunk. the little John, I think, style of hip-hop. Maybe we'll do an episode on that one day. Singing with we started the... talking about it. Ray left the room. <laughs> <laughs> but to finish up, the James Dean, you know, the Rebel Without a Cause curse. You had James Dean's dying before he was 24. Then you got Natalie Wood. Frowning yeah. very mysteriously with what Robert Wagner and Christopher Walken. Mr. Walken was knows, there. Nobody knows what quite happened uh, with that. More cowbell. More cowbell. Yep. Because you know sometimes, you know. 
I, but secretly, I don't know why. I, I, I Robert Wagner has always left a bad taste. And he passed too, right? Is he? I think he's still he's still around. Yeah, he's because but it's just I don't know. But this, his, it's just the story behind that whole thing. Well, he's know, very with, smug. Yeah, he's, he's like smug. You'd think that he'd be like, "Oh, we're just gonna kill her. We're just gonna drown her. No problem." But I mean, and that was right off the of Catalina too. I mean, you know, so it's just. That, that whole situation, I mean, you know, to go back, if yeah. we could, you know, I mean, it would be interesting to find out what actually happened. But I think there's just a, something there that I really don't want to know. That. I think the only way we'll find out is if Christopher Walken has like, has a note in a safe somewhere. Because I don't think Wagner will admit to it. Oh, but Wagner, I think, no. I think Christopher Walken knows what happens, but wasn't going to flip on Wagner. Wagner knows. So Wagner will never tell. Two. Well, he'll never tell, but I think Christopher Walken might tell one day because I don't think... Probably he when Walken's like he was the actual bed, guy. He's like, oh, oh, I'm dying. I'll tell you the secret. I'll <laughs> <laughs> he's going to give it to Joe Dirt. Um, and there was also an actor from the film that died in a car crash that that car had parts from the car the car the, the car. James Dean crashed which is a bad omen in itself why yeah. would you a lot of car accidents involved in all of these it's because they like to party and drive well, fast well even yeah. like Jane Mansfield I mean that yeah, was yeah. tragic that yeah. was, I see especially was... with like her daughter Mariska and yeah. her son in the back seat when that happened I mean, oh were they that, that's I remember what her I head ended up in the back seat well yeah. I've seen those pictures that was gruesome. I like the I like looking at that weird shit. Um, and you guys all set on uh, the Rebel Without a Cause. I, I think we really don't. I mean, do you, There's not do, much to do you say. Know, do you have anything to say about Rebel? About did you, you go know. see it? Do you remember the time when 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 <laughs> James Dean died? We were, well, since Ray was well, when did you, James Dean die? What year did he die? I don't remember. Ray was okay. a young man during that time, right? What well, I do remember is when. In my youth, yeah. <laughs> watching yeah. Uh, the original Superman on TV. Yeah. And I remember the death. I also remember the death later on. Yeah. I remember my parents talking about it and being suspicious from what they. Oh did. really? And mm. part of that was that a lot of things. Uh, one thing a lot of people don't think about that much is that. George Reeves, when he was younger, had serious roles and a good career, and it was known that. Even though he liked the popularity of Superman, he didn't like being stereotyped in, in that. It, he got very upset over that. And that's understandable when it comes to stereotyping. And well, I could also it see... Could, it could be a factor, it could be a factor towards suicide, but I, and I think yeah. it was particularly my father who uh, was saying that from what he read and knew at the time, he didn't think it was suicide. He thought it was probably staged to make it look, towards, look like it. Interesting. I feel like back when he when he was Superman, it probably wasn't as cool as it was now. No. It was probably just a guy wearing a Halloween costume, and they give him a hard time. Now it's like everybody wants to be Superman. Like, oh, look, he's wearing pantyhose. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is that at, at that time, Superman was solely a, a comic book for kids. Mm. I mean, the thing is nowadays, I mean... Comic books is such a big thing for uh, all ages, but I mean, during that time, comic books, Batman, Superman, all of them mm-hmm. were just kind of, I think, really uh, put in the same kind of mental category as, you know, like the Peanuts and, you know, other, like, 
Saturday, uh, Family Circus. Yeah, Sunday uh, uh, cartoons. Also, also, you get the thing that um, television was the new medium. Yeah. yeah. And you had movies. Television at that time was considered a step down. True. Well, a lot of the the a lot of the movie stars, they never touched on what they had television. No, because then some of them were petrified when TV came yeah. along because they thought TV was this new medium that was going to take people out of the theaters and, and basically and stay. They, at they home. stayed away, but for a long while, if you went into TV, it was like, <laughs> no, 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 that's it. That's it. And then you go into tights and a comic book character on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as far as he was concerned, he probably was thinking, this is the end, the end of my yeah. career. Start. Yeah. Well, it's difficult when you're already thinking that you're at the end, yeah. you know, of mm -hmm. whatever, because that's just going to create, you know, I mean, I think if you're not in the right mindset, you know, it's just going to, more negativity than positivity. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, it's like, I'm not playing this character anymore, or, you know, being like stereotyped, as you mentioned, I mean, you know, you could you'll, you only want to hear that so many times before it really just becomes irksome. And you know, it's just uh, I mean, it's just a weird series of circumstances. You're right because there have been situations where there have been murders that have been staged to look like suicides. And yeah, it's um, <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's unfortunate. But you know, you think that highly because I don't think that. People okay. could take it. Unless if somebody was like, you know what, I'm going to kill someone and I want them to know that I did it, you know. But some people just try to be coy and <laughs> smart, and, or they think they're smart and trying to get away with murder, literally. But, yeah. So do you think it'd be more foul play or do you think it's more of, you know, this TV guy that everybody knows kills himself, but we're not going to say he killed himself? I, I just don't know too much about this truly cast an opinion, but I think either way... It's fascinating because you you can go down different avenues. Yeah, they're, they're not right and they're not they're not wrong. They're just these tidbits of information where something might make sense, but something raises you know a question or a red flag. So you can only kind of process you know to yourself yeah. you know what your perception is. Right. I mean, I could say I thought he was murdered, where you might say you know so and so might have, you know killed himself. You know, yeah. but. It's all about how the crime and how, you know, the investigation unfolds. Yeah. And the, the, the forensics and the, the way forensics. they investigated back then. Very different. Yeah. 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 In Hollywoodland, did it play off? And, like, was, was there any reason why people would want to kill him? Oh, yeah. 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 Why, what, uh, was uh, I mean, like I said, one of the biggest things was he was sleeping uh, with um, uh, a wife of... I think he was a producer, but also, like, uh, very tied with the mob or something like right. that. I mean, that was the big one. There were a few other uh, things. That's all you really need. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, not, not now, but then you get into the same category as Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Suicide and death. Uh, suicide and murder. To do with the Kennedys. Exactly. Or to do with the mob. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had a connection there. Right. So, I mean, you, you start... Just she was the middle girl because Kennedy and the mob started to go at it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, when you're dealing with people with reputations, with power, with money, anything is possible. And the thing is that, I mean, with, you know, George Reeves uh, doing Superman, as, as we said, 
for the most part, that kind of the end of his career and all that, something like Suicide wouldn't be like totally out of the norm. It's not like it's an A-list star with all the money and power in the world. So, I mean, Suicide is always an easy way if you want to kill someone to make it look like Suicide. Is an easy way to make, and especially if you have the money to make sure the cops do a quick, you know, you know, uh, scan over, and not uh, really look into it. It's an easy, you know, push off. Um, next up, the film called A Tuck. Oh. Not to be confused with A Hawk, <laughs> uh, but A Tuck. My true life story. I don't know much about this film. I know it was never made. The whole curse behind it is that the people that got involved with it died shortly after. Like, Belushi was in the running to play, you know, the lead character in it, and then he died. Uh, Sam Kinison was in line to play it, and then he died. Chris Farley, yeah. which I think is the picture you were looking at, was in yeah. line. Um, I think John wow. Candy. Did I also. say John Candy? I don't I think you said candy. John Candy. Yeah, John, you said Farley, but you meant Candy. Yeah. Ken. Well, Farley too. Yeah, both, both, both. all, was, all of them. Heavy, was what what was his name? A lot of big movies. Why was movie supposed to be made? Many movies, like I'm guessing from like 80s. yeah, probably because like when Farley died years 80s, after 90s. Belushi died. Oh yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know without checking, but I think that they were trying. Belushi died in '83. Yeah, yeah. Candy died in like 94, 95. Farley. So maybe like late 70, Maybe 93. 70s. And then Farley died in like 96 ish. Yeah. Because I always wanted. Kinnison died in like the early yeah. 90s. Because I. What was it? Wagon's East? Wasn't that? that was yeah, that was Candy's last movie. Because uh, then it was funny. It was funny but weird that um, Candy died doing a Western and Farley died doing a Western. Farley yeah. was doing almost heroes with uh, uh, Matthew Perry. Right? Matthew Perry. Yeah. I didn't realize that. And then was, so his final film. And then Wagons East then? was with um, John Candy. John Candy and um, that really um, annoying guy from. Um, geez, I like him. Um, uh, uh, Robin Hood, like, Men in Tights. He's in like um, which one from Robin Hood? Uh, the, the, the sheriff. Uh, uh, not not the sheriff, but the, uh, the, the king, Prince John. Yeah, uh, uh, Richard uh, uh, Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's uh, he's everyone's favorite neurotic Jew. He's That's almost... Mad Mel's favorite comedian. <laughs> yeah. As she walks out the door, <laughs> she but... has she has bad blood with Richard Lewis. Oh. Richard Lewis is funny. I think he's really. Funny I think he's very. I think that movie we met just mentioning, um, Robin Hood Men in Tights, is probably yeah. one of. Uh, I mean, everyone knows Blazing Saddles. Everyone yeah, knows yeah. Frankenstein. But I think Robin Hood Men in Tights is definitely one of those movies. Oh, it, it's a lot of fun. I, so I do Brooks, like that. Right? Mel Brooks did that, yeah. right? Yeah. By the end, all toilets will be called John's. No! <laughs> Mel Brooks is kicking. Still kicking it. Thank God he is. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah but I'm, that's and, funny, because I never even heard heard of this the attack movie the attack i didn't know movie. about it until i started doing a little bit of research yeah what was the movie about yeah that's what i have no is. idea but it, but, it's, it, but it doesn't go into yeah it know, doesn't point. go into detail um all i i read about it it had the brief thing about like it sounded like a fish out of water story uh by an eskimo or something oh, really like that. So, oh, something that does sound familiar now that you say the eskimo part. So, sounds it, you it, it, yeah you're right that does sound familiar because i remember hearing something yeah about it, it sounded really really you probably get the script. Yeah. Not online. Yeah. A really odd, odd uh, sounding thing. But, you know, it's... 
Mad Mel, what do you know about the film Attack? Do you know anything? Absolutely nothing. Is it going to be the film that Alex Hawk takes on and dies? <laughs> yeah. Is no, that going to be the film? Well, like you said, like we said the other day, he's only—he's not as sweet and innocent as he looks. So. Oh That's come true. on! I'm a cute, cuddly <laughs> teddy bear. Paint Who's it up. kidding who? <laughs> You're a pammy. You ass. forget we know you. No. It's true. <laughs> I'm not going to make you cry. Don't make me. Yes. I learned out how to make Hawk cry today, actually. Uh, Yeah, just whispering sweet nothings in my ear. You heard him. I'll just ripple. I'll just continue ripping latex off you. Oh, that that hurt. Yeah, I think a lot of That's what the blood is for. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. It's not a special effect. They also happened to say that the Matrix film was cursed. Due to the fact that Keanu Reeves' girlfriend died in a car accident. And the, let me get some, And Carrie Ann Moss ate a sandwich on the production. He, and just, had a, he just had a lot of cursed oh, yeah. life. Do you, you remember when he had the band? you remember when he had that band Dog Star? I remember, yeah. remember that? Yeah. yeah. He has a great voice. He was the bassist, though. No, but he, either, either way. <laughs> I, I, believe, I remember Dog I know who the lead I like Keanu dog. Reeves. Yeah. People, some people hate. Even um, Russell Crowe. Uh, a, I don't. A, I'm not so much a fan of Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah, not so much. <laughs> He's Russell Crowe, just fighting around Speaking the world. Speaking of crows, <laughs> I remember that. There you go. The crow. The crow. That was the yeah. crow. That's yeah. your little curse to it, yeah. I guess you could say. Um, well, I think that was ignorance, really, on the behalf of the special effects Fax, guy, because yeah. a good effects guy will actually check the, all of the chambers in his gun before it's actually used as a prop, and there was a small piece. That ricocheted off the barrel on the inside that basically turned into a bullet. So yeah. he didn't fully. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but that's like not unlike, um, you know, kind of. I mean, that was unfortunate, but you, I'm not sure if we even touched base. It wasn't on even. So, it wasn't we haven't like touched him, on the It wasn't even so much a curse on the set, it was a curse within his family. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah with his father and stuff. Yeah. I thought there was. Because his a father curse. was having, like, premonitions or something saying, telling him he was going to die at, like, half Who was his. his age. What was it? Was it. Brandon and his father. Was, his, his, his father. Bruce his father was Bruce, Bruce yes. and he was Brandon. He yeah. and his son was yeah. Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know that the, the, the dude that there was a guy that, that I don't know if he was. I want to say it was multiple guns going off, but I when there was an actor that passed away like two or three years ago, and I remember people talking about. Well, it happened again recently. I forget who it was. Well, there was, was a, a very similar situation. There was people talking about how that actor, like when they were doing tributes to the actor. They brought up the fact that he he always felt guilt for the death, but I thought it was like a scene where everybody was shooting at at Brandon Lee. I thought. Well, it's almost like stunt people in general. You think of like Triple X with a decapitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. But but that's almost you know more like, reason why they should get Academy Award section because yeah. you know stunt people die like all the time. Well, sadly. but I thought there was no awards just for stunt people. They were trying to get one, but yeah. they haven't got oh. it yet. Actually, actually, it's funny. They will eventually. Um, I do have uh, a kind of uh, third-party uh, little story uh, about um, uh, Brandon Lee, kind of, uh, where um, I worked on a project with uh, another guy who actually just did a movie with an actress that was in the original Crow with mm-hmm. Brandon Lee. And uh, she was really close. They became really good friends on 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 the film. What's that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Really but, good friends. But but anyway, the thing is, he was talking about that he was doing a show with her, 
and the director uh, for for that that film was uh, a real a real asshole because um, uh, my, of the crow. No. Okay. No, of the film that my my friend was working on, yeah. and his job was to check. Uh, he he was the one uh, that checked all the guns, all the props, and all that. And she had a thing that you know because of the incident that you know um, uh, Tom would have to like check the uh, the uh, the guns constantly, like multiple times before she would like do a scene or anything like that. And the director on that set made 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 a comment about uh, you know, well. You know, why is it this is taking up so much time? Why is it yeah, you just checked it? Why are you rechecking the guns and all that? And he said, well, you have to understand, he was on in the film, on the show, where, where Brendan Lee died because of an incident with a prop gun. And, you know, it's you know his job to make sure, and, of course, because of being, you know, superstitious, making sure that... You know, it, it doesn't doesn't happen again. You know, he, he has to check the guns multiple times. And he's like, well, that happened like 13 years or how many years ago? Isn't she over it yet? Ouch. Yeah. And, and I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, especially what... PTSD at its finest. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I mean when, when, when you have that kind of situation, I mean, you never get over it. Right. And the thing is that, and, and and when you have people who you know just don't understand or, 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 or that you know, I mean, especially when it comes to safety. I mean, there was that uh, woman who was uh, like an AD or something on a midnight. Oh, the train. recent, yeah, yeah, the girl, yeah, yeah, that name. that uh, ended up getting uh, killed because they what didn't movie? check midnight train. The Almond Brothers movie. Remember, is that Midnight Express? The, the, no, 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 it was no, a couple no. years ago. They were on a bridge. Yeah, they, she, they she didn't bother checking. The train hit her. No, oh, that, it, it was a big. Yeah, the, I the, the train hit a dolly. It was like a movement. And then a piece went flying out and, and killed her. So, yeah, because the thing is that I guess so, uh, n- the, n- someone, uh, no, no one like really checked uh, about the train schedule or something like that. You got to put the directors blame and blaming this guy and this person blaming the directors, but no one wants to take responsibility. Exactly. Yeah, everyone's no, passing the blame. Yeah, everyone's passing the blame on that. But I mean, it's it's all boils down to what uh, to you know a lot of times these things that become curses and all that is really just people, you know, just wanting to pass the buck instead of you know admitting that they they screwed up. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, with, with the whole, whole crow thing is that, you know, when something like that happens, you're never going to get over it. And, you know, you got to be understanding if it takes, you know, a few, few more times for someone to check, recheck, and then recheck for, for safety. I mean, that's important. I mean, yeah, what, whether it, it takes a little longer to get the shot, I mean... I mean, it needs to be done. I think the director and ADs went to jail over it. I wouldn't. Yeah, I remember. Was the crow actually on the list, or was that something that we deviated? That just spawned up. Just spawned up. Yeah. But that Sarah Jones was her name. Sarah Jones. Okay. Rest, yeah. rest in peace. Yeah. Actually, um, from what I uh, I heard recently, uh, they actually have 
a, a uh, they, they start a thing um, uh, for her, kind of like now on sets, which is like a uh, uh, a uh, a gold the, like the Sarah Jones test or yeah. something where it's like you know just running down the safety and making sure so that every every production meets these criteria. So. Things like that doesn't happen again. I remember well, that's what, how it always is. It takes an accident. It takes a fatality to yeah. basically change up the laws. I mean, whether if it's you know <laughs> set politics to actual mm-hmm. you know yeah. real shit that happens. I remember there was a movement right after she died where everybody's putting her name on like the clapboard. Yeah, I remember that. Sad. I mean, it's good. I mean, it's you know, there's certain people that uh, when you get you get sloppy on set, you know, yeah. situations, certain situations like serious things can happen. Yeah. So it's good that they're recognizing that at least. Um, I'll next up, maybe not a curse, but uh, bad news bears some bad news that happened on a film set, the Twilight Zone movie. Are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, the Twilight Zone movie? Yeah. yeah. I just use Bad News Beers as a... Yeah, because I was going to say, like, Billy... Adjective. I mean... Walter Matthau? He's so good with Jack Lemmon? What? No. Did Jackie O'Haley... didn't they? What, did Jackie O'Haley choke on a <laughs> Pop-Tart or something? He came back. No. Well, I, I love him. But, um... But, yeah, Twilight Zone Twilight movie. Zone the movie, I mean, that was just tragic. I mean, I really... I mean, when you... Th- with the whole thing with Vic Morrow, yeah. you know, and the kids and... Wasn't that Landis? I think, I think yeah, that was Landis' yeah. episode, yeah. yeah. That was. Yeah, because... I had a book on it, actually. It, it's just, if you think about it, I mean, yeah, it, it's sad, it's tragic, but I mean, other than that, what else actually happened on that set? Because it seems like that was the big thing that a lot of people took away from it, because when I met Landis, you know, um, certain people were actually... They brought it up. No, well, I was gonna say. no but it's like, I could tell that the, the people in front of me mm-hmm. wanted to... Actually, and I and I and I tapped him on the shoulder, and I said, "I don't know you, yeah. but you're an idiot if you're going to bring that up." That is stupid. And they were like, "Okay, we won't bring it up then." It so, happened. Like thank the, God they took my. It happened like in between trading places, like at the peak of like his career too. I remember Max Landis, who you know some people could say he's a curse. Um, <laughs> he's, not, he, he's not easy on his dad. I'll tell you that much. Oh really? I remember him saying how hard it was on his dad and his family. Well, no, but I'm saying, like, his son has been making life for his father. It's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you meant, like, he was d- giving Difficult, his... unfortunately. You know? Yeah, very unfortunate. Because Landis has a great legacy, and his son is, like, doing almost anything he can to fuck it up. You know what I mean? Um, but, but for John yeah. Landis, the work speaks a lot. You know? true. You look at the Blues Brothers, you know, you look at... You know, Animal House, you mm-hmm. know, everything. But, you know, that whole situation, I mean, you know, it's just... And I'm trying to remember, because that segment in the movie mm-hmm. with Vic Morrow, I mean, how long actually is that segment? Because that seems like that was one of the... Well, that was segments. the one with that was he was a racist and like. But weren't they, they made planning? Him... Were they trying to plan a little more into that segment before his unfortunate, untimely... Death? No, they were they were they rushed it because the kids were supposed to be offset by a certain time. If I remember correctly, they snuck those kids on set. There was two Vietnamese kids. All three of them got their head cut off with the helicopter. For anybody that didn't know what actually happened, but yeah, that that's that was part of the reason why 
it was such like a crazy thing is because I don't think the kids were supposed to be there. I, I want to say it was something where they like asked the parents to bring them like secret, <laughs> you know, at, by, after hours like on the secret tip. I always heard rumor that Spielberg was on set and then it happened and he whip <laughs> fleed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, that was that was dark. I mean, that was one of the ones. You know, I never knew when I watched it. It's yeah. something I learned later. You know what yeah. I mean? But but it seems like that trial, you know, did go on for a little bit. Well, he yeah. fought for his life, he man. Fought, well, of course, he had to land his head to fight because for he was caught in the wrong, and three people died. Yeah, I mean, it's a situation where they probably just shouldn't. They they didn't assess, you know, and they were trying to rush. And when, and when you rush, That's then you are, then, and then things didn't. happen. From working in construction yeah. as well, the day the most accidents happen is Friday afternoon. Just like that. Everyone just wants to get the hell out of there. Yeah. And that's when shit can go wrong. You rush something, shit can go bad. Yeah. And just like really car accidents near your house, most of the times near your house. I remember in the book I read that Vic didn't even want to do that scene where he called called his agent to try and get that scene taken out but because he was he was recently he had like he had combat he was in combat at the show the show combat and um he had a drinking issue and he was starting to become somebody an undesirable in hollywood so like him getting that role was big for him so like when he told his agent he didn't want to do it the agent was like we can start turning down roles you know what i mean so he did it without wanting to do it. It was just really a tragic thing. The yeah, whole thing plus was he like went tragic. through a period. Plus, you know, Vara was going through a period, you know, because that was, what, early 80s when they made yeah. the, the, uh, the movie? Mm-hmm. Because in Mid- the 70s, um, I remember I saw Vic Morrow in yeah. probably one of the best Jaws rip-offs I've ever <laughs> seen in my life, where he is basically doing his best Robert Shaw you know, yeah. almost verbatim. Right. And um, James Franciscus yeah. is also in it, and I believe that was actually called Great White. <laughs> the curse continues. The curse Seriously. continues. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know why, but it, it's funny because even like mentioning like, even like other names that almost could be perceived as curses, like Dig Young. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was like his death was tragic, but I mean, here's Re- a guy refresh who, me, yeah. who, who basically was a heavy drinker takes a stumble and basically bleeds out from hitting his head on the edge of a table. And I think he also was accused, I think, at one point um, for murder, I, I believe, before hmm. he was even nominated for an Oscar. I think I would even roll that year that was. But, um, it's also a very different time back then. It was a different time back then. A very different yeah. time. And, yeah, the Hollywood, well, the Hollywood power is still there. <laughs> There's a whole debate about that. Yeah. They are. But... Yeah, the behavior yeah. was was very different of, of the stars mm. and what they could get away with. But their demise a lot were alcohol and accidents. Yeah. yeah. An awful lot of them. It's true. I mean, if you really think of the murders that happened in Hollywood, you, you think more of the accidents than actually, mm-hmm. you know, the, than, I mean... Granted, yeah, I mean, Sharon Tate, you know, that was tragic, you know. Mm-hmm. Gig Young, you know, another one, you know, that was an accident, you know. But, um, or even like, you, you could even say like Natalie Wood, you know, considering how she was so loved. And it's these people that were so loved. 
And when you lose someone at a young age, mm-hmm. then people, I think, will automatically assume, like, oh, well, you know, maybe it's better that they died young instead of maybe growing old and bitter and might not be in the same person. Yeah. But it's that weird perception that we have, you know. It's better to burn out than to fade away. Yeah. For some. Actually, um, since we're talking about accidents, and I know no one usually ever brings up this actor, but there uh, there was an actor, Kevin Smith, okay? Um, Not the director, but an no, actor. Named an actor, okay? Um, if anyone has ever uh, watched uh, Xena, Warrior Princess, Hercules, uh, Legend Continues, um, Kevin Smith played Ares in that series. Now, the thing is, um, he was a very loved uh, actor in that, and he was going places. And I forget what movie. He was booked on, like, a, a movie that was going to, like, really launch him out of, you know, you know, kind of... He could have been, like, another Carl Urban who also got his start in, in, that, in that series. Uh, but uh, from what I remember reading was uh, he and a friend, you know, were, like, on the set. And they weren't filming. They were just hanging out. And... Uh, Kevin Smith was like cl- climbing up this tall, like um, um, scaffolding. Like a rock climbing thing, wasn't it? Uh, it could have been a rock climbing yeah. thing or something. But you know, Kevin Smith is a very uh, a strong, able uh, gentleman, and he w- uh, he was just you know climbing it, and then he just took the wrong step, and he just hit everything on the way down. So, I mean, even though, you know, he was rushed to a hospital as soon as possible, he died pretty quickly. Mm. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's another tragic thing, which, I mean, I just wanted to bring that up because, I mean, when people talk about accidents, it's always, you know... I never even heard of him until today. Yeah. Hawk told me about him yeah. years ago. That's the only reason why I know. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, it's, it's... I mean, it's it's a sad, uh, sad thing because he's another actor that could have gone, gone far, but you know, ended up dying uh, at at a young age. Well, it's funny because I know we're talking about actors, but it's, it's even like you know some of these people that you know yeah. work in that are in sports. You know, yeah. the first time, like say in hockey, I think at that kid who was from Boston goes on the ice for the first time, and then he gets paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like whatever, you know, your trade or business you're working in, I mean, if, if, if there's a danger, whether, you know, if it's sport, if it's, yeah. you know, construction, or even if you're acting and doing stunt work, I mean, yeah. you know, there's that risk factor that you're always yeah. dealing with. Yeah, and, and it's, I mean, it's one of the things where I'm not a huge fan, but I do appreciate Brad Pitt when he... Uh, you know, brought up at, at the Oscars about, you know, stunt people should be, you know, have their own category. They should be, you know, acknowledged. I mean, especially, I mean, and not taking from any, any of them from the heyday, but definitely, I mean, it's like every year you get more and more crazy films where, you know, the stunts just it's, get bigger it's, and yeah. with each I mean, yeah. honestly, I mean, Firework. W- yeah, w- w- without. Without the stunt people, there are no Marvel movies. Without the stunt people, there's no Fast and the Furious movies. And honestly, I mean, I mean you, 
I mean, there's a whole group of people that, you know, I mean... It's funny that you say Fast and the Furious because he had, like, an uncredited role in the original one as one of the truck drivers. Who did? (laughs) Kevin Smith. Oh. Oh, Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. But, yeah. You know who he was? Yeah. Holy moly. (laughs) Only us two fans of, like, Warrior Princess. The Kevin Smith in my eyes is... Of of course, the director. Writer director. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's just weird because I've never heard of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, and of course, one of the problem, of course, nothing against the Kevin Smith we all know, but because of the same name... Everyone's going to everyone's going to be Kevin Smith. Oh, Mallrats. And I mean unless Wasn't he kicked off an airplane? Yes. <laughs> yeah. What? They kicked him off an airplane while the airplane was in the sky. That's how he died. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> it's not that way. It's not yeah. an interesting story if that was the way out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's and and like I said, I I definitely think that I think all aspects of of making films should be, you know, you know, get you know acknowledged for what they do. I mean, if it takes each one of each one of those yeah. people to make that movie, so everybody, like, yeah, everyone should, should be acknowledged. Get the credit that they deserve. Yeah, and and there's a lot of times where you know I'd be talking to someone and they're like, oh yeah, I did this uh, stunt or. Um, I I was kind of like um, like uh, Chris and Com- Cromwell that we worked with. Yeah. Uh, we were talking to him. Uh, what was a looper? Yeah. You know that you know uh, because he, he doesn't have arms. You know, there's a scene where uh, Dano, right? Uh, Paul, Paul Dano. Dano, where he, actor. yeah, Hello, where he, where he's falling apart and he's trying to get to you know his you know. Uh, other version self and Chris and Cromwell I believe uh, when I was talking to him actually plays Paul Dano's character as he's falling apart he's losing limbs and, and all that and you know I mean that that's something like that I mean he definitely uh, as far as I'm concerned should definitely get credit and he definitely sh- I mean I, as far as I know I don't think he ever got credit on the film for that right. for that role which I think is, you know, bullshit. Because, I mean, it's like, you know, if he wasn't there, I mean, they could have done the, just the CGI and all that. But, you know, it's kind of like, you know, he made that scene work. And it, it looked real. It felt real when, when it was happening. And, the, and the, like I said, my, my whole, whole opinion is that, you know, you should definitely get, you know, the credit. Well, definitely the credit. It shouldn't yeah. be uncredited. One thing yeah, you, you act in it or that was really be. interesting that reminded me of something since we mentioned Poltergeist, mm-hmm. too. There's another actor. His name is Noble Craig. And here's a guy, his first day in Vietnam, mm-hmm. steps off, lands on a landmine, loses both of his arms, half of his leg. Mm-hmm. He went on to play many well-known monsters in the 80s because of his physical attributes and unfortunately what happened with the circumstances. He played the worm monster in Poltergeist 2. Mm-hmm. Okay. He also played um, one of uh, the mutated experiments in Bride of Reanimator. And this guy has done a lot of creature work. Mm-hmm. But it's just sad and tragic considering mm-hmm. how, you know, yeah. first day, you know, 
stepping off the fields, you know, gets blown up. Probably is probably thinking his life is over. Yeah. Probably thinking, you know, what am I going to do next? And then he goes on to, you know, marry this gorgeous woman. You know, I forget her name. You know, has a kid and has this body of work behind. Yeah. You know, so it's like because something might happen that might be tragic. You know, it's like. Yeah. Good things can come later, you know. You yeah. can't dwell on the horrible shit that happens, or else you're yeah. probably just going to drive yourself mad. There was an, another stunt. Um, and, uh, like, uh, I saw an article, uh, uh, like a video uh, expert on. I forget the guy's name, unfortunately. And for whatever re- reason, uh, I forget uh, he actually has part of his arm uh, uh, missing. And because of that, you know, he's a stunt guy and, you know, his specialty is doing films where, you know, they get, uh, the character gets part of his arm cut. Yeah. Uh, Predator 2, uh, he was uh, one of the Predators when he's hanging on the side okay. and Danny Glover uh, yeah. cuts his arm and he falls. That was him uh, in that in that scene because... You know, I guess it. But that's one of those like specialty type of, yeah. you know, I guess stunt people, I guess you yeah. would say, that, you know, have those physical, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, were there any more? No, that's it. Uh, that was all we're going to be rounding out the episode shortly. Actually, I do have one quick honorable mention, okay? Um, Peter Dinklage? <laughs> Mini House? <laughs> Mini Hugh Laurie? No, no, no. Um, uh, the Conqueror. I was just going to say that. Yeah, The Conqueror, a uh, John Wayne film. Oh, okay. where they all got yeah. sick. The they almost all died the first yeah, day. Yeah, let's go that in the middle blood. of the shoot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really. Um, plus, plus, Mesothelioma. Oh, the filming of the mines. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, because um, the um, uh, atomic uh, bomb um, experiments the test, the test, yeah. site test site was nearby, oh, so wow. most of them got cancer. Yeah. And uh, I think number forty something or whatever. Something yeah. Ridiculous. yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, uh, John Wayne was one of was one of the uh, uh, people who died because of of the cancer because of because of the uh, you know test site. But yeah, honestly, I from what I think that's probably the the only film I can think of that out of all the curses the most probably had died from. If we're talking about movies and celebrities and curses, something to think about um, is that considering the way people's nature are, Mm -hmm. if you're talking about resentment, jealousy, etc. Earlier on we talked about there are curses, symbols, rituals. How many of those famous people, whether through jealousy or a twisted mind, were actually cursed by somebody? Maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't a production. Maybe it was someone who put the curse on them. Just something to think about. It's true. That is true. That is true. Well, the films. Well, no one wants to think that they are cursed, but if someone actually is, then that's got to be one of the most terrifying ordeals I can possibly think of. Yeah. You can't escape it. Can't escape it. You know. can't run from it you want to face it you can't I don't know it's just someone make us laugh we have, to, <laughs> we have to end this on a good on a good note okay I will Did now do the, my rendition the, of the dancing Wes Craven film cursed 
there are, oh, that's that a very depressing <laughs> thing for you to yeah. even go. There are rituals that you can go through that remove curses. And you, a person can do them and they can remove and stop a curse. Hmm. Is it true, or not, I shouldn't say is it true, but have you heard that, you know, two people have negative juju and kind of cross each cross it up? Hmm. Uh, if someone supposedly has a curse on them and they meet someone that else that might supposedly have a curse on them, and if they actually get together, it's like t- like two negatives, you know. Can't that single that out? Or it's like the magnets repelling one another? Type yeah, of yeah. I don't no, know why. But... I haven't heard about that. The only thing I do know is if you put a curse on somebody, your problem is there was a price to pay. Like that threefold thing. Yeah, but that comes back at you strong. But there are rituals to remove curses, hexes, uh, a variety of things directed at you. So there are those rituals you can do if you suspect you are or to protect yourself from. And if you suspect that you are, where would you go probably to find out if you, talk to you Ray. are cursed? Talk to, give Ray a call. Give Ray a call now. Now when I have a dialogue with you to basically find out if there is some something negative that is after, that that is attached to me that I'm trying to but know, he, not not fully understand that even if it is a curse or not. My mom would right, right to the old witch doctor. You have uh, attachments. Yeah, um, there's a whole there's a variety of them. Yeah, that that can happen, and there are rituals to get rid of all each different one. Okay. And um, to determine that is very much the person has to determine it what I do for myself personally just mm-hmm. as a safety guard on a regular basis I go through all six rituals I have just in case <laughs> <laughs> all at once boom okay Make, making sure the board here is clean exactly okay and then a little give it a little bit of time uh, I think I'll go through that one more time. Let's do it again. Clear the spectrum. Do it again. Clear, clear it. the spectrum. Clear it. Clear it. Just in case I don't know it and piss somebody off, they can throw a curse or do a hex or go somewhere where an attachment comes along. I've used it to get rid of attachments. And boom. And just do it. And I do it on a regular basis to keep the air clear, to keep things back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like using sage. Do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sage isn't, isn't that considered one of the things that you always want to burn if there's supposedly like anything negative, you know, around? Uh, uh, sage with with good prayers. J- jasmine. Is, to, is it sage, uh, sage and jasmine? You, you can you can mix it uh, different ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite is white sage. White sage is very popular. The local sage yeah. uh, is uh, grown in this area. It's much more pungent, but it's also probably because of the strength of its smell is supposed to be useful against more serious things. But a general cleaning is a white one and you just ask for cleansing and the spirits to leave everything negative. You ask for them to leave while you're smudging. Um, And that kind of cleanses the air of uh, negative spirits, evil spirits. Yeah. That's, hmm. That's good to know, Mr. Ray. That was a great finisher. Talking about how to get rid of curses on the episode. Well, we're just about at that time. So, Ray Booten, thank you for being here. 
Billy Coyne, thank you. Honor and a pleasure. Melissa Potter, thank you. Alexander Hart, thank you. Back at you. If you want to hear more episodes of Mostly Ghostly, we're now part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. The family grows. The family grows. They keep on growing. We're on there. If you want to hear some episodes of Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie, we are on the Dorkening Podcast Network. And if you want to hear some episodes of the Boombasticast, we are on YouTube at Boombastic Media. Hell yeah. You'll, you'll frequent Billy Coyne. You'll hear him frequently on all episodes. Yeah, <laughs> literally. yeah literally. No, literally. I mean, I, and if, I'm he, also, if he got a dollar for every time his name is mentioned. That's true. <laughs> no, but I guess one thing I could say is well, for wait, the Boombastic cast, yeah. I am actually the first guest of the second season. Yeah, it's true. So I could say that. Did you want to say anything else? Yeah, I want to tell Hawk to go fuck himself. <laughs> Okay. I don't love. We can, we can use love. the F bomb nowadays That's without true. having to, you know, throw a dollar into a jar. It's <laughs> true. Just <laughs> throw the dollar at me, baby. No, I'm sorry, Hawk. <laughs> I'll go fuck myself. I-, I take that back. Okay. All right. Did anybody else want to say anything in closing? All right. Check out the shows. This was a lot of fun. Hopefully, we'll do another big group one again. This was good times. And we'll see you all next time. See you on the flip side. On the shows. On the flip side. See you on the flip side. Peace.